Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 221 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Sup, <laughs> everybody? This is Carrick and my dogs. What the hell? It's, I, 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 they can hear Maddie. Yeah, man. I, swear, I don't man. get it. Dude, it's crazy. You fuck, they you, didn't bark at all. What's amazing, ladies and gentlemen, a little backstory here. We went to record this like five minutes ago, and the program shut down. I'm just dicking around trying to get things working. And we would have totally avoided what has been a, a cursed introduction to our show where Carrick's dogs howl to the intro. And so I just don't get it, man. Th- those five I don't minutes get it. were just meant to be. This program was yeah, destined to yeah. break so that so that the legacy could continue. Yeah, I just sorry. <laughs> I don't even gotta apologize. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ham Radio Podcast. We hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, if you're new here, just a quick little run up of what we do here. Go through the hottest gaming news every single week. And uh, we just pick out the highlights. We, we do more extensive discussions. If you're interested in this show, you want to get early access, just a handful of days, uh, you can sign up on our Patreon for a dollar. It'll be linked in the description down below. We call it flicking a buck here. That's our little term. But also, maybe you don't want to support me. Whatever, that's fine. You're here for Carrick. Carrick's Patreon is in the link in the description down below, or in the description down below, rather. Uh, you can go ahead and check him out, support him that way. Demonetization has hit him quite hard as of late, so... Be sure to flick our men some money. Keep him on the air. Because <laughs> certainly I can't pay him. Like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Maddie and I don't pay each other for being yeah. on podcasts. Be too much. You know, there are some podcast co-hosts who get paid, like they're popular shows, and they get paid to, to, to be a co-host. And I, I just find that kind of crazy. Um, not in a uh, bad way. I wouldn't way, want. But... I, I mean, I don't hold anything against them, but right. I would rather, uh, I don't know what the term is. I would rather not have a financial connect, yeah. if that makes sense. No, I agree. It, it's strange because I've, I've learned as I've listened to more, like, how lucrative the podcast business is. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. We, 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 I, I personally sit here and I'm like, I make nothing off the podcast. Maybe I should, that should, that's actually an understatement because I think a lot of people sign up on the Patreon because of the podcast. Most of our patrons are at the, the dollar or $3 tier, which And if is you good. get your ass on Anchor and or iTunes and Spotify. I know. I'm procrastinating. Dude, I know. I'm telling you, <sighs> if, I'm telling you, they will make, you will, they will make more on Spotify or Anchor with a minute number of views than they ever will on YouTube. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I, I need to get out of my own way with that. It's because, like, um, I've been doing some, we'll say, networking on LinkedIn for my project, so... Oh, it's right. like whenever I'm, I, I, I realize like, hey, I'm not editing. I, I can have time to work, and and it's all technically I put this in quotes free time. Like, what can I do? That's where my head goes to. I'm like, okay, we're gonna keep chipping away here, and so uh, I no, got that just, makes sense. I got to rewire. Once, once it gets, yeah, once it gets out of the, you know, yeah. once you get it done, it'll be. That's easy. what I was saying. I made a, a Patreon exclusive video, and I was kind of saying like, you know, I'm done with putting out updates of like how far along we are. Like, it's pretty much done. I just need to do a video project. That'll take maybe a month or so, and uh, from there we can finally announce the thing. But I'm kind of done just like providing those incremental updates, and and because like once it is out there, everything's going to return to normal in the terms of my scheduling, which is going to be nice. Uh, anyway, one thing we're doing different this week uh, that we announced last week. Um, we've been trying to always collect your Patreon questions, but we want to make sure the patrons are involved with the show as we go along rather than just being reserved to the end. So what I've been doing now is if you are a patron, you are a part of the Discord. Which, by the way, uh, if you have yet to get an invite for the Discord, all you have to do is message me. I've had, uh, we've had actually 15 new patrons this last week, which is awesome to see. 
Um, and everyone was just like, hey, Matt, for some reason it's not integrating me to the Discord. Um, so I've been just flicking out invites left, right. So uh, if you guys are a part of the Patreon, you have yet to join our fantastic Discord, just shoot me a message. But anyway, we have a section there called Podcast Questions where you can go there and ask questions that we'll read during the show, sort of like a mailbag. Um, but what we're doing is getting you involved during the show. So we have questions written down that we're going to implement as we go along. So that'll be good to have you guys involved with us along the way. Keep us from not just... I guess, uh, keeping the conversation between us two, but also considering other perspectives. So with all of that said, let's get into it, starting off with a really surprising out-of-the-blue trademarking. Carrick, we're talking about Mafia. So following information comes from PC Gamer. We're going to be reading from a lot of websites with this episode because there's a lot of data that needs to be accounted for. It looks like Take-Two Interactive is getting back into the crime game. The publisher applied for a trio of trademarks last month all relating to the Mafia series, hinting at the possibility of remasters. The first two applications are for Mafia and Mafia 2, complete with their respective logos. They released in 2002 and 2011, but Take-Two applied for trademarks again on August 2nd. Trademarks have to be renewed, but only every 10 years, suggesting this is something different. A third application is also for Mafia, though without the stylized logo of the original. At first, I wondered if it was a sequel, sans numeral, um, but it has a first use date that's the same as the first game. Presumably, it's simply trademarking the word as well as the stylized version. A new game seems less likely than some remasters then. Mafia 3 took the series in an interesting direction briefly, but devolved into simple repetitive missions, and I'm sorry, this is just their opinion there. Uh, Oh, God. Let's see here. Trademark links expire, but you can search for them by name or serial numbers, and then they have the serial numbers linked in the uh, in the article itself, which uh, I will not list out because uh, it would just be quite redundant. So, Carrick, we it seems more likely based off PC gamers breakdown um, that they're just protecting the mafia name, uh, which indicates maybe plans to do something in the future just in case. But it seems more likely that we're going to get maybe a mafia collection per se. Um, would you find that interesting? Would you be Would you be down with that? Um, yeah, and I'm looking up how well Mafia Three sold. So Mafia Three sold 4.5 million. Okay. Um, which is nothing to like sort of sneeze at. Um, I personally believe there will be a sequel to Mafia Three. Or, I think so know, too. You know what I mean? Mafia Four, whatever. Yeah. Not a, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I think it is interesting because Mafia One and Two are old enough. Like they are, they are old, and they're considered by a lot of people like open world or even LA noir style <laughs> fake open world, where mm-hmm. it's sort of it's like know, a it's like place... a playground. I don't know. Yeah, it's like an open world light because it's mm-hmm. not filled with repetitive stuff. Um, I personally, I think it's awesome. I, everybody I've talked to seems to consider one better than two, which I wow. think, if my memory serves, I like two better than one. Um, I've actually so, only I, I have not played the first one. I played the second you, one, and I love the second one. Yeah, and I remember liking the second one m- more than the first, I- unless I'm getting mixed up because mm-hmm. it's been years. But mm-hmm. no, I think it'd be awesome. And it's time. Um, those are kind of games where I feel uh, like I don't know why, but I feel when, especially when the sequel didn't do so well, being three. That instead of doing four, but doing those first is a good idea. Yeah, sort of absolutely. See, you know, like, hey, here's a game that, yeah, it's older, but it's so old, they're not just going to up-res the resolution. You can't. The mm-hmm. engines are different, everything. So instead, you might see some 
quality improvements you might see some you know some really good step ups so yeah. it could be it could be awesome if they did some like mafia 2 for example they did some quality of life improvements like adding some open world activities into the game mm-hmm. uh one of its it's really only complaints normally i hear storytelling's great uh third person shooting is snappy uh characters are good the world space is good cuz it kind of changes as the seasons go by yeah. with how the story progresses and if they added just some other things to do outside of the story i think a lot of people would be thrilled about that and i think it'd be a good thing to inject into mafia um and i'd love to personally i'm with you see more from the series because i thought that mafia 3 while it was as actually the article i started to read mentioned a little bit repetitive in the terms of its gameplay there were some narrative moments that really pushed Dude. boundaries in a, yeah. in a, I'd say, respectful way, but also a very impactful and powerful way. And I feel it's the only series that that has that capability to to push that a little bit. And I think they did a great job. I think it changed how some stories are told. We started to see more risks being taken after Mafia 3. And in turn, I think it was a lot more impactful than people realize. Maybe not in the terms of sales charts, but I think artistically and creatively, um, I think it... it, it brought about a wave of people trying new ideas and, and not, not only that, being but as it afraid. Had, it had cool NPCs, dude. Donovan, at least mm-hmm. at the starting, your, your, your sidekick, dude, is fucking... Like, if you talk about amazing or interesting side characters, I would put him, like, in the top 20, let's say, of game... Like, he was legit good. And it, it did get filler and repetitive later. <sighs> but the yeah. first, like... 10 hours... Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the total. Like I would say, the first half or three or, or one third of it were were awesome with him. And I would love to see them go back and sort of look at Donovan and go, "Okay, we know what we know how to write a good character. Mm-hmm. Now let's make sure they're all that good." Because yeah. um, I don't know if I loved uh, the protagonist. What was his name? Do you Lincoln remember Clay. what? Let, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Because I always get Lincoln mixed up with Franklin, who's in GTA Five. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're just the the Lynn at the end. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, I'm stoked for it. I I would agree with you that they could put some side. It wouldn't even have to be crazy side stuff. It could be like, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be something. That, I don't want to say collect cars because it's a wrong. I think they have that in Mafia suck. too. You could they do in Mafia cars too. and bring it to the scrapyard for money. They um. were just all like model t's and shit so it's mm-hmm. like it's you're just like oh this is a five mile an hour car this is a six it's, mile an hour car it's one of those games that has room for expansion and yeah. it wouldn't feel forced um at least it's a good idea on paper i think it would help the game a lot if they said leave everything as is and just uh include some additional hideouts to clear out um maybe some side quests to undertake nothing crazy you don't got to go i think above and beyond because the game itself is very good already it's just, you know, add some meaningful stuff in the right way. Maybe because um, a lot of times in, like, GTA, you know, you'd have character-specific missions. Um, I'd love that type of stuff, like maybe some more with uh, Vito's family. I think that would be kind of cool um, to, to bring that to life a little bit more. Because um, what, what happened is at the end of Mafia 2, no spoilers, but it ends on a cliffhanger, and it's really not concluded until uh, a side mission line in Mafia 3, which was sort of... It was cool if you were a fan, but it was sort of strange how they handled that. I thought that was immediately something that would be addressed because that was a big talking point for Mafia 3. Um, so I just personally think um, maybe a little more conclusive towards the end because I think cliffhangers... This was during a time where Take-Two slash 2K was in an interesting realm where they were experimenting and uh, you had games like Mafia 2 and another cliffhanger. You had 
The Darkness 2, another fantastic game, ended on a cliffhanger. Um, they were experimenting quite a bit during this time, and I think the cliffhanger sort of left it open as a, yeah. are they going to dig this enough for another entry sort of thing. And um, obviously the industry changed where now we want more conclusive stories from start to finish, which you know should have always been the case. Um, and, and, and the way of finding out engaging interest has, has sort of been reserved for remasters, re-releases, that type of stuff. Um, I also think that those open world, or not open world games, but games that end where it seems wrapped up and then DLC will be like somehow getting the guy or the girl or the character back into the mm-hmm. world from something you didn't expect mm-hmm. is much more enjoyable than a cliffhanger. So like if I have season or game one and game two and game one ends with a cliffhanger, I know that they're thinking of game two. Right. But if like game one ends, right, and you're like, oh, forever after he's or not even forever after but it's like okay things are nicely wrapped up and then somehow they're all you know five years later or whatever the dude's doing his normal shit and then something else pulls him back i like those uh kind of games so i would like the cliffhangers to stop in almost all games i think the the best way to to do it i think not best way to do it but one of the people who do it in the best way i think is bgs because normally what they do is if you look at skyrim you can fall out for they pull you to a completely out of uh, range location like you'll go to Far Harbor you'll go to the right. Shivering Isles um, you'll you'll do the Dawn Guard thing which is completely separate from the game map so it, yep. it kind of isolates the problem it's like oh now I get why during all my hundreds of hours here I didn't hear about this this issue right. occurring and so I, I think personally um, they could do something like that that would be awesome I, I, I think there's potential here I imagine they're just going to re-release it um, but I, I, I hope to see more from this franchise and I think re-releasing these two would be great because I've replayed Mafia 2 quite a bit, at least, I'd say, four times. That That is a really fun game. Yeah, I've played it twice. It's funny because this brings back memories of us talking with Lone. Because yeah. we were trying to figure out what was being made when, and then he was on the podcast when 3 got released, I think. Yes, 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 Yeah, yes. and we were all trying to figure out where Hangar, th- or like what Hangar 13's plans were and all this kind of stuff. And it's sort of, mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that, like, that game's been come and gone now for, what, two years? Uh, I think three years. I think that was a twenty three year. Game. Yeah, and um, and I gotta admit, man, when it came out, I, like I in particular, I bitched about the tech stuff, and they they fixed not all of it, but a good deal. And yeah, I went back and revisited Mafia Three, and I was like, this isn't so bad. I mean, the filler stuff at the you know when you do, yeah. it's like I'm gonna tap, I'm gonna tap the telephone. You're like, for fucking Christ, for yeah. the eightieth time, mm-hmm. um. But, dude, I, I think it's much better. It, it goes to show that tech issues can hurt everything because it was yeah. hard to, like, grasp well, because there was all these you. other issues. You know, it's, yeah. it's how I feel about Borderlands 3. As time has gone on, you know, my tech issues have eased up, so I've enjoyed it more, but I'll still never forget these first yeah, 20 right. hours that have just been so, like, up, down, up, down, up, yep. down, and, and it emphasizes other problems in the game after that. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, oh, also, bravo on the... Uh, I was going to say this at the start. Oh, I don't think we covered what we were going to be doing in a couple weeks, but I was going to tell you a uh, good job on the uh, mold video. I oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't know why it bumped into that, but I wanted to get it out. Uh, I was laughing at the uh, the camera cuts and everything. I thought that was actually mm-hmm. really well done. Thank very, you. very big step up in like your, uh, I don't know what the term would be, but like your production would be and... too boisterous to say. Yeah, production's boisterous, but like when you went into your closet, like that's those kind of things. I crack uh, like they're so dumb. Not yeah, yeah no it is up, that's the point yeah th- that and that's uh, that legit had me actually laughing because i was just like <laughs> what's he doing and then you're like 
oh, it's not that. It's this helmet in here. And I just, yeah, yeah, really well done on that video. Thank I you. just want to make sure you knew. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be facetious. A lot of people thought I was, like, actually seriously, like, putting on the gas mask oh. to, to, like, protect myself. I'm oh. Like, I'm like, guys, this is wow. a fucking mask for woodworking. <laughs> and that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, they're all pink. Your yeah. little pink fucking doilies on this. Or what? They're the filters. But, yeah, that shit was, I, I thought that was funny. Yeah. But uh, it actually turned out that that story was, like, extremely exaggerated. I don't know if you saw the follow-up, but. Uh, it turned out like because they were it, saying like yes. twenty thousand helmets got shipped back. I was like, wow, that's big, um, because like the recall site it said uh, itself said uh, twenty thousand units, and then I went, uh, I, I saw a post on Reddit, and they were like, yeah, actually, they the the, the people who made the helmets confirmed only thirty six people bought it. I was like, that is a that is a lost investment right there. That is a sunk cost, as we like to call it. That is sunk. World. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine producing 20,000 fucking helmets and 36 people buy Somebody's trash fill is filled with nothing but scorpion helmets for Mortal Kombat and that fucking moldy helmet. <laughs> All right. Let's move on over to another bit of information on 2K. Uh, this time it's Borderlands uh, 3. I apologize. You did What's have that? a question from a patron on Mafia. We do. Do we? We did. Ah, I checked too. Okay, hold on. I, I apologize. I didn't scroll all nope, the way down. Nope, I checked. I, I skimmed while I was talking, and you know what? I saw my own message that I put in there, and I thought that oh, was God. the cutoff point, but it was right <laughs> before it. Sorry. So we got Johnny EC, who says, pretty sure you might already discuss this before getting to the Patreon questions, but do you think Mafia 4 continuing where Mafia 2 left off might work? While I somewhat enjoyed oh. Mafia 3, the style wasn't as good as Mafia 2, and he put style in quotes. Um... The style wasn't as good as Mafia 2's, in my opinion. I'd much rather see a return to the New York Italian style. Um, I like this question a lot because I I liked 3 because it was it was shining a, like a light on a different type of mob, a different type of yeah. mafia that I had not known about. And it kind of reminded me of how I feel about the Assassin's Creed games where I sort of embraced learning that new mm-hmm. part of culture that I wasn't aware of. So I'd like to see them continue to crop up different types of mobs. Uh, or or mafias, if you will, if that's a word. Um, what do you feel about that, though? Do you want them to go back to that mafia two style? No, I I, I think um, I agree. I, like when you look at Justified, uh, the TV show covered the Dixie Mob and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Different like mob groups to me are more interesting than going back um, and sort of plumbing the same groups. I actually would like to see a different mob even than three. Yeah, okay. like you said. That would be very cool to just see them dive in. I mean, you know, Yakuza covers the Japanese mob. Yes. I like that. Yes. You know, I like that. And that might be like a hands-off section for them because there's a whole series that does that very well. Yeah, right. So it'll be interesting to see where else they could go from there. But I, I, I think this is a great question, Johnny. And I personally yeah. love that New York Italian style. But here's the other thing is that I feel 2 did that so well. You know, it brought, like, the familial side in a little bit. You know, Vito yeah. really didn't have, like, this rough upbringing. Like, he had a great family. Um, he just kind of fell in with close friends who were in, I guess, the wrong places. And uh, I, I just – I really liked how that story was delivered. And it's kind of a – I view it almost as a timeless story. So I, I feel like any other New York-style mafia game is going to be compared to that. Um, right. And it doesn't mean so that do they I. can't do it better, but there's more interesting things. Like, I thought – in the terms of locales, Mafia 3 was the right choice for what they did because it was so varied yep. in the places they yep. brought you. Um, and it did fuel the gameplay systems, even if they were a little uh, overdone, we'll say. Okay, now we actually move on because we don't have any more questions. 
This time we're talking about, like I said, another Take Two franchise. It is Borderlands 3. So, the following information comes from gamesindustry.biz. The latest Borderlands outing has broken multiple sales records for both the series and the 2K games publishing label. Take-Two has announced Borderlands 3 sold 50% more copies in its first five days than Borderlands 2, which makes it the fastest-selling 2K title to date. Further indicating the shift away from retail, the publisher reports that 70% of all copies sold during that time were digital. The highest percentage downloads have ever taken for a multiplayer, or I'm sorry, multi-platform title released both physically and digitally by 2K Games. Um, Sell-in for Borderlands 3 reached more than 5 million units in the first five days, meaning the franchise has now generated more than $1 billion in net bookings to date is only the second 2k franchise to have ever achieved this it also marks the highest number of pre-order titles for 2k a highest selling pc title and has generated more than 14 million hours of content viewed on twitch which is more than half of what borderlands 2 achieved in all seven years which uh, that doesn't surprise me as much because borderlands 2 wasn't uh, in the prime of the streaming age i think yeah, right. All in all, Borderlands 3 has exceeded the publisher's expectations. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know how low they were. I thought this game was going to explode, and it did. With the company noting that, in particular, PC sales of the title through the Epic Games Store have been particularly strong. Um, developer Gearbox is now expanding its team in order to support the game with new platforms, as well as updates, patches, free add-ons, and various campaign DLCs. Carrick... Where do we begin unpacking all of this sales information? What caught you off guard most? The the fact that it's despite all the controversies, it was one of the it's the fastest selling title in 2K history, despite them having sports games, Bioshock, was it the 70% digital? What what really caught you off guard here? Did anything catch you off guard in fact? Dude, it's a four, it's a four player pretty good looking like shoot 'em up mm-hmm. made on a really popular IP. I really don't know how you can be... I mean, yeah, maybe the number's a little higher than I thought, but it did seem like it was going to be pretty goddamn high. And the idea of it being on Epic, we've seen it with so many games where people are like, I will never get blah, 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 and then the very next day you're watching them on Xbox and they're on that game. And the the reason why is because once you start looking at something, you're all, I want to be involved in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, all I got to do is download a free program and get it then most people do that so yeah. it doesn't really surprise me 70 percent does though yes actually before we get into that that's where i wanted to direct the conversation because i actually made a full video about this that i find it fascinating despite so much exposure on multiple issues throughout the entire um hype cycle we'll call it for borderlands 3 that it managed to sort of explode out of the gate you know we heard about randy pitchford um, Subbato being harassed by Take Two. Um, we had the Epic Game Store debacle. All these were pretty significant, right? I'd say the the top two really just being Subbato because that got really insane coverage and uh, was sort of a step in a direction we haven't really seen from a, uh, a gaming company in general before, from as far right. as I can recall. And then <clears throat> obviously the Epic Game Store being what we perceived as something damaging, but. Are the number is this an outlier, or are the numbers starting to show that um, it's not as big of a deal as it is? And that uh, one thing that you and I have preached on this show consistently is people like games more than they hate the Epic Store. Where yeah, once right. push comes to shove, and we get right there, it's like 
eh, you know what? I kind of want to play this. Looks fun. Dude, look at World War Z, Plague Tale. There was a bunch of epic like exclu- store exclusives, and mm-hmm. they've done insane. Well, Focus Home has done insane. Like that, that company's mm-hmm. just done insane. Do you see um, what happened with Focus Home and the uh, Rockwares? Yeah, the IPs. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which I sucks because they were that. they worked so close. Hopefully, they can get that figured out because they've been uh, you know co whatevers for so long. But um, yeah, I mean, dude, like there's. I, I think when it comes down to it, people just will click on it. Also, I think with like the Sub Matteo, is that his name? Is that the YouTuber's name? Sub Matto. So think of my name, but an O. With Sub Matto, I think one of the biggest issues also is that there was some question on if what he was doing was actually like what it was. He doing stuff that was actually bad. Mm-hmm. What and so I. It, there was some questionable stuff for sure that at least people were thinking was going on, which wasn't the same as like, let's say I just woke up one day and somebody attacks me. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, there was some questionable stuff. People were coming out of the woodwork saying this was going on. I'm not saying it was right. I'm saying that that was also reported in right. the entire stories. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people just look at it and go, dude, I don't know the full story and the game's out. And unless there was a full thing to boycott, they that's one particular story I think gets put aside. Also, my hope is people realize that Randy Pitchford is not the only person working on that game. Yeah. And at some point, you have to look at everybody else and go, these people are fucking obviously love the game, obviously love developing, are trying very hard. Do you just say, I'm not going to support the entire company due to one person? Some people will, but I think a lot of people won't. They'll just be like, Mm -hmm. nah, I'm, Mm -hmm. you know. And supporting it is almost a bad term, too, because, like... I don't feel that I gave my money and supported them. I feel like I bought Borderlands 3. That's about as far as I go. I bought Borderlands 3, the 60 bucks. I don't know who gets it. Like, Have they you ever bought a game out of like kind of principle to support a team? No, I buy them hmm. for the reviews. But I that right. was asked, asked a couple weeks ago in the Discord. And I, I, I bought extra stuff, for sure. Oxenfree, I bought two copies. Okay even though I knew there was a chance I wouldn't play it the second time as much, at least. So, yeah, I have. It's, that's rare, though. That's yeah, it's rare. rare for me as well. Like, for me, it's in the form of, like, a, a vampire, a near Automata, where right. uh, I'm just like, you know what, I really like this, and I want to see this team succeed. I will, despite getting a code. Um, I didn't get one for near, but I, despite getting a code for vampire, it's like, here's my money. Like, I want to be yeah. a part of, of that sale, and... Um, so yeah, I, I, that, that's where I think it crosses the line a little bit or not. I mean, that sounds negative, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But I agree. I think it shows that people are learning, you know, that it's not just Randy Pitchford there, but it also made me question one thing. I want to know if you share the same opinion on this. Um, it made me think, does, do our conversations that we have, do they reach as far as we think? No. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the, I think people are going to start realizing with this <clears throat> this number that obviously I think is a little more exaggerated in the terms of I don't think this is going to happen every single time because Borderlands is very popular and people were looking forward to it. But I think people are going to realize that there's so many people outside of that YouTube realm of discussion and games and that uh, these videos about like loot boxes, monetization and so on only have so much sway, so much impact. And more, thing, more importantly, I think, is, is so much reach. I think that's the issue is reach well not only that but like you and i uh, at least that i know of i've never seen you do a video 
prior to a game review, nor even in a game review, and say, you should not ever buy this game nor support these guys. You'll say, if you like the game, and then that's sort of it. And when it comes down to it, what you're doing and what I do when we say what our score is, usually we're adding context of why we thought so. Some people are going to disagree with us anyway. So the message got to them, but the message didn't, it, it didn't have the... Yeah, or they took the message and was like, mm-hmm. I get you, but I'm still going to do what... That's free fucking... That's like free will. So yeah. to me, I, that's exactly what I want, is I, I don't... If somebody likes a game I don't like, that's fine, as long as they listened. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people listen, but also you talked about your friend with the NBA on the uh. on the golf, golf course, and I teach martial arts to kids, and I'm going to tell you right now, man, dude, like, some of them know me, but a lot of them would be like... What do you mean microtransactions? Or what do you mean Randy Pitchford? They'd be like, Borderlands is coming out. And they're also accustomed to sports stars who do some horrendous things. Mm -hmm. They're also um, accustomed to movie stars that they like doing horrendous things. And when I say horrendous, I'm not talking about leaving their porn on a USB. I'm talking about like felony assault charges for like superstars and they still follow them. You know, they may hate them, but but they may look at their talent and be like, he's fun to watch, but man, sort of a bastard in real life yeah yeah and i that's also free will like to me i'm like, like people okay, are able to I separate the creator and yeah. the creation i guess so to speak yeah well dude i love oj simpson highlight videos he's a possible <laughs> murderer but watch his football videos and i'm not lying like i watch him and i'm like damn that dude was rough but and so i'm looking at him as a, a, a football player and in mm. no way do i ignore that he's a possible murderer i'm just like those two are, I can still be really impressed point. by what he did on the field. Interesting point. So let's shift it over to what you were originally bringing up, which is the 70% copy sold during digital. Now, part of me thinks like, okay, digital is very convenient. I think digital is going to be the future. I don't ignore it. I embrace it, in fact. But part of the reason I embrace it is because I don't know about you, but physical media sucks, not because of the inconvenience, I put this in quotes, inconvenience of going out to a store to get something i don't care about that um even when i'm like busting my butt working a ton like when i did landscaping and i didn't do youtube like i didn't mind going out after working to go to a game store i in fact looked forward to it um but these these physical copies are now just empty you're paying just for a disc there's no like reverse art there's no instruction no manual. manual no yeah. artwork in there if there is an art book it's sold for like twenty dollars more and I feel like that's part of the diminishing factor. There's there used to be that that value of yeah getting the physical copy because you were getting something that other people weren't having. Whether it was it was uh, cool art, a poster in there, a decked out uh, instruction manual with like you know seeing uh, part of it was cool back then, right? Like you'd see like like the like polygons of, of all these models that look like shit. But then you'd see an art drawing of what they were designed to look like, mm-hmm. what they were thinking of. And I think that sort of helped the games back then. Obviously, digital wasn't where near anywhere it is now. Um, so that is a factor. But I just think if that was still a thing, um, that maybe would push physical sales a little bit more. Um, and now what you're seeing is is uh, like a limited run game sort of filling that void, making yeah. a little bit of change here and there on these, on these um, smaller games. Uh, probably the most notable one I, I, that comes to my mind was like the Jack and Daxter series where they reproduced that physically um, and, and it came with like a ton of collectibles. And that was really cool. Um, and they're doing that with like an N64 Star Wars game. So 
we're seeing them do it with these odd titles, but obviously they can only do so much, right? And uh, <clears throat> I just want to get your take on why you feel digital's going up and physical's going down. Um, also, I think we have a patron question on this. Um, so yes. when it comes to digital, dude, there's also one factor that's crazy to me. I was installing a game on multiple Xboxes. And I tested installing the game on an Xbox and installing it on a PS4 and downloading it on a PS4 Pro mm -hmm. and an Xbox S. And the downloads were barely slower than the install. Mm. Now, I have good internet. And I know at your office, you have good internet. Right. But if you have amazing internet and no cap, you can go onto your app on your phone and go install to this device and literally have it installed to three different Xbox. Like if you have multiple Xboxes, whatever. There's a convenience there of just being like, dunk. There's right. a convenience. It's just preloaded. There's not, you don't put the disc in. You don't have to worry about an install. There's little things like that mixed with what you said, which I hadn't thought of. There is less value currently in a physical than there was. That does mm -hmm. make sense. There's, there's not the manuals. But here's what's sad to me. The premium versions is sort of what replaced our normal version. The, it, it, I, and I don't mean a statue, but like a premium version might have a, a map, which remember old games? Dude, right. Daggerfall had a big map, fucking uh, right. uh, Oblivion, and uh, what was the other one? Morrowind. Mm -hmm. They had these big maps, or they had something in there. And that, in a strange way, they've charged us premium for that. So I think some people go, okay, I can pay 59 to get a, the disc and that's it, and possibly have to download a huge patch. Mm -hmm. Or I can download it, or I can pin, spend fifty or seventy nine to get what you and I got ten years ago for fifty nine, and so mm -hmm. I think that that physical is going away unless you want to own it. And the problem with yeah. owning things now, taking that disc, is that doesn't mean a lot on some systems. PS4 and Xbox both have games where even if you own the disc, if you are not connected online, you can't play it. Mm -hmm. And so I think some people have just sort of bought off on that and been like, all right, well. If it's already going this way, you know, I don't need another disc cluttering up my stuff, which can also get scratched. I just found out my, te uh, what was the game you reviewed? Tekken 7? Yeah. you re Wasn't it Tekken 7, the last yeah. one? Last one, as in? The last one you reviewed of the Tekkens. It was 7, Yes, right? yes, yes. Sorry. I thought you meant most recent review. I was like, that was like two years ago. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. That was like two years ago. But yeah. uh, my, yeah, yeah. what I was saying is my Tekken 7, I just randomly was like, oh, I'll install it and it had a big scratch. And mm -hmm. it wasn't even off the spindle. I don't know how the scratch got on there, but yeah. I can't install it. And so I was just like, shit. And now you can, st once you own it, you can go online and download it anyway. It's right. got a certificate. But yeah, no, it makes sense to me what you said is it that just, a lot of the value is gone. What, what freaks me out about digital, and it, it kind of ties into Kopi's uh, question where he said, uh, in regards to the digital sales for Borderlands 3, is this sales figure surprising? Is a 70% digital purchase rate normal? If not, what do you think is the believed cause? Um, I, I just, I get afraid of um, these license these licenses expiring and games disappearing oh, off sure. markets permanently. And I think of games like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which absolutely, they're, absolutely, they knew they were going to print cash with that game. Should have had an instruction manual with like a little character write-up for every fucking character in that game. Like a little write-up with a little move guide. I don't give a shit if it's in the game. Save the development time. Put it in the instruction manual. I, I was I was mind-blown that that game came with just the cartridge. Like, look, it is, I'm just going to be honest. It is such a waste of plastic, what these companies are doing. Yeah. Like, there's still the clips for the instruction manual. I'm like, why are you creating boxes like this? Why do we I have still the clips there? 
I get nervous like you do, but that's because there's one great example for the PS4. They're, one of their cherished titles mm-hmm. has been taken off the market, and that's Drive Club. That was a game that was yeah. quite literally dis- it was it was displayed as PS4's power. It was the biggest. It was like this game is going to look better than Forza. And yes, it was 30 FPS. Ignoring that for a second, it was they they were a premier company working together. They were on PS4's fucking main platform. They were E3. Right. They are gone. They're literally yes. not there. You cannot get it digitally. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's. Uh, I mean, I li- I went and actually downloaded it just because I was when when I heard that it was being removed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it sucks. I, they definitely can go away. Not a ton do, but I mean, they they do for sure. It does happen. Yeah, man. It's it's. I, I think of so far, it hasn't hit us in like a hard way. We've seen the Activision deals with Nickelodeon expire, and oh no, we can't yeah. play Mutants in Manhattan. God forbid, I can't play that piece of trash again. You know, I'm sorry. Very few times, ladies and gentlemen, who listen to the show. No, I I refer to a game like that, but I I say that partially because I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan and. Uh, and that game, just it's still raw, Carrick. It's still raw. That game. Alan Wake was taken off too because the yes. IP for the there music. There we go. Okay, that's um, a good one. Yeah, the IP for the music was lost. It's back, but it was taken off for a year or two. Yeah, and it's just it's you know it's scary, right? Because like you know yeah. we're so you know that's why I look at these PS2 games and and these GameCube games and and prior to that and uh, those those. I think those are going to start to become higher in price because you're going to start seeing mm, them yeah. just be valued because they are physical with like all the media in it. Um, and, and that's incredibly valuable, yeah, valuable until they find a way to start just dropping these games on the marketplace online where you can quickly download. We'll say, uh, I'm trying to think of a game that's not available there yet. Like NFL hit NFL hits or blitz or whatever it's called. The, the end, the midway series, I'd love mm-hmm. to see Midway do a collection of all their sports games, by the way. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Anyway. That'd be a good way to make some cash. No questions left for this part, so we move on over to The Last of Us Part 2. We received a brand new trailer, some gameplay. There are press impressions. I did not bother to read it. I'm sort of on a media blackout for this game, because very infrequently does a game come out that I'm very excited for, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make coverage on that. I'll do a review, or I'll try to do a review, of course. But as far as I know, the game's releasing on February 21st, 2020, so very early next year. And uh, the first question, that, and the only question we have for this topic is from Crazy Herb. He asks, do you think that The Last of Us Part Two will be cross-gen out the gate, or will we see it for PS5 later? Well, now that we have the release date, it will be cross-gen out the gate. So yeah. um, it's going to be on the PS4. All PS5, or PS5 will play all PS4 games, so um, you will have cross-gen out the gate, which is great news. So, Carrick, uh, I know you weren't a huge fan of the first Last of Us. What do you think about what you saw for the second? If anything, did you watch anything on it, rather? Yeah, I did. Um, Their earlier trailer I thought was better. This one actually sort of lowered my expectations, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, the last trailer they showed I thought was a little bit more impressive than this one. This was just like... That was the one where they were like, the guy was hanging and getting his... Yeah, and there were people like... like there. There was more up close stuff. This was more like um, ex- world exploration. Like mm-hmm. this is what, and it was a lot of Red Dead style. I felt like a lot of the same themes as Red Dead, with like right. you know traveling around the world, which is cool for sure. Um, but nothing I saw in it like made me go, "Oh, okay." Like it, 
it's going to change my opinion of it. Um, I think overall I'm like you where I'm not really searching it out, but for a different reason that okay. that's, I'm just a little cooler on it. It doesn't interest. It, actually, that might be extreme. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think, it. yeah, it's a little lack of interest, a little bit more, I just sort of, I get tired of the long rigmarole media roll-ups. Mm -hmm. You know, you get burned out after a while of going like, are we going to look at one more trailer? Yeah. Are we going to look at, and so I start to look and go, I know what the game is overall. The only game I can't do that is Death Stranding, still have no clue. Yeah. So... <laughs> But, you know, with, like, Last of Us, I think we all know what it'll be. So that's sort. then I yeah. sort of pull back, and I'm like, okay, let's wait for that review time and then go from there. That's sort of how I feel. Obviously, content-wise, I don't have, like, a deep interest. But, yeah, overall, I just kind of looked at it. I saw the trailer during the State of Play, which was disappointing yet again. Um, but the, the trailer I liked, and I was, <laughs> that, like... Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I know, right? <laughs> like, they're like, let's take a look at what Rockstar's up to next. I'm like, oh, shit. And they're like, yeah, yeah, VR for LA Noir, which I was like, isn't this already a thing? Now it's on PS. It is on PC and it's awesome. Yeah, but it looks cool. that was crazy to like do it in a state of play. I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it was not what I was expecting. State of play, not off to a good start. But overall, um, really looking forward to The Last of Us Part 2. Um, you know, I'm, I, I think the idea of synchronizing a PlayStation Plus offering of The Last of Us remastered for free. Yeah. Uh, alongside this trailer and release date, which it was really smart uh, because I've been saying Very. that I want to replay this game before part two comes out because I, I played the the first one twice um, and I'd like to brush up on it because ever since I beat it that second time, the year it came out in 2013, I haven't touched it since. Um, so I'd love to hop back in. I kind of you remember what you bit. liked <clears throat> so much about it because you did say you really like you're really looking forward yes, to this one. What yes, yes. What did you uh, like? So I can much name a lot. I can name a lot of things. Like the the first thing was I I think back then uh, I really liked how and it's funny because it's such a story game that uh, the first thing I'm going to mention is gameplay. Um, back uh, then it was very uncommon to have like a crafting backpack, real time crafting, um, where I oh, I put like right. a, nails on a on a stick and and I'd have a weapon. Um, right. It, it also tied into how visceral it was. There was real excellent sound design. So like the impacts were felt when you landed something. Um, there was that naughty dog attention to detail where like if you you hit someone and they bumped into a counter, they sort of hump over the counter. The, the fights mm -hmm. felt realistic. Um, if you if you like punch someone out right next to a broken glass inside a refrigerator uh, inside like a convenience store, you'd like grab their head and rip their neck across the broken glass. Like it was, it was gross. That game was nasty. And so <laughs> I think it, it, it suited the, how just awful the world was in that game. Right. But also it was an excellent change of pace. Cause I like uncharted, but not a lot. <laughs> so for me to see naughty dog, the happy go lucky, whoa, you know, just doing like, Oh my God, I just destroyed that person. And some really intense story moments. I, I always say the finale of the, I don't know if it was, it went by acts or chapters in the last of us, but the first act um, was one of the few moments in games where I've I've sort of sprung out of my chair with like my head, my hands on my head, going like, "Oh shit!" Like that was a really intense build up and execution, and then they just kind of skip time after that. Um, mm -hmm. For those who are wondering what I'm referencing to, it's where you meet. I think it's the two brothers in like this neighborhood. Um, really, just I mean that that game had some really impactful moments, and I thought the relationship between Joel and Ellie was great. Uh, which I think a lot of people think was good about that game. The ending yeah. was something I wrestled with for a while, but in a positive way. At first, I was like, I didn't like that at all. And I was like, wait, oh, that wasn't that bad. Oh, now I see why. Like, what? 
you know, and, and you start to like feel it out very, very mm-hmm. infrequently. I, it's usually very definitive for me. It's like, I liked it and this is why I didn't like it. This is why it's very black and white. Um, that was one I wrestled with and, and for the right reasons. It wasn't that's like cool. controversial. So yeah, there's so many reasons why I like that game. And uh, that's why I'm very excited for the second one. Cause I think that's when Naughty Dog's at their best when they're working on stuff like that. I don't think they're at their top of their game with Uncharted. I'm sorry. It just yeah, I think um, they yeah. also regard regardless if it's Uncharted <clears throat> or um, Last of Us, anything that they really do, they are one of the few companies that can do story with uh, action. A yes. lot of companies can, for example, I love Alan Wake, but I would never say the action is amazing. <laughs> like the combat is 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 serviceable to good. It's never terrible, but it's never mm. amazing. And yet the story is amazing. And I see that yeah. with all these games. Tomb Raider. I'm like, most of the stories in Tomb Raider, I'm like, seriously? Mm-hmm. I couldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But then Uncharted, knowing that you're not as big of a fan of Uncharted as I am, and I'm only a big fan since 4. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But, it, it, like, they do it well. They do it better than most. Like, when you look, go look at, like, third person, those kind of, I, I don't know what you call them, shooter action, run around, do a lot of shit. Most can't handle it. And those guys they seem to know how to dial it in and go, like, it, it's not going to sway too far one way and make mm-hmm. you go, God, I wish they'd shut up. And yeah. it's not going to swing too far one way and say, I'm getting numb with the combat. Instead, it's this really good pacing. Right. I think they're very good at that. Yeah, they they have a good touch. They they have a, a expert in their craft. And they also announced yeah. that... Uh, they 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 went above and beyond with the confirmation about no multiplayer. I thought it was sort of just a whatever thing. Um, but then they they put out yeah, a whole too. tweet saying I because I like the multiplayer in The Last of Us one, but I was like, okay, they're not going to do it again. Makes sense. Focus on the single player part. Make it bigger. Mm-hmm. Do all you can to expand that. Focus on that. And maybe do a cyberpunk approach. Release it later. But they were yeah. like, yeah, we have we have grand visions for factions, and it may not it may end up being a separate game or something. I was like, okay, I'm with it. Like, yeah. That's what you guys want to do. Like, I just want The Last of Us Part Two. And if you guys are just going to go all in on the story, like, that's what I want. That's what yep. I was hoping for. Um, and especially because they're they're putting in PS Plus The Last of Us Part One, which I keep calling it Part One, but remastered rather. Um, that has the multiplayer there, so it's pretty accessible. It's free to everybody. Um, most PlayStation owners, I'd imagine, have The Last of Us in some way, shape, or form. The right. PS3 servers are down, so you can only play online on PS4. So. Uh, yeah, if, if you are interested in The Last of Us multiplayer, get your copy in October for free on PS Plus. Yeah, I bet you it's not going to be a small number of people playing it. No, absolutely not. I think people will still go back to it and play it. Um, yeah. Just because it looked like what I saw in the trailer, um, there wasn't like a heavy difference in the gameplay. It still had that kind of grounded in realism, uh, very intelligent AI. Um, that's that's just quick takes I saw during the trailer. Um, really hard to draw an exact interpretation when right. I didn't read any of the previews, but I don't I don't want anyone's opinion because that's such like a why you know that's that's one of those preview events that if I if I ever received an invite to I would decline it. It's it's like the only game I could think of I would decline it because it's like why would you want to experience three hours of the last yeah, of us three alone. hours of the last of us like just, and hopefully it wasn't at the middle or something yeah Maddie. hopefully uh, it was at the starting like that is for such a story driven game like that is such right. a significant chunk that when you're playing it again and you're going back to review it um you can sometimes feel that fatigue um yeah where you're like yep been there done this and you're sort of going through the motions um the reason i didn't have it with borderlands 3 is because i just took like a fucking month and, and completely unplugged but it's because i have the choice to do that right like these people who work in the press 
you know, what are they going to do? Not go for their own personal enjoyment. Um, they have a right. website to serve. So it's, it's kind of a lose lose, but you know, as someone who has a choice, I, I was like, hell no, I would, if I were invited, I would not have gone. But anyway, last of us part two coming out next year, very early, going to be a busy early couple of months in 2020 and looking to be a, do great we have any year. questions on that one? We do not just the first one okay. I initially read the, the rest of the questions are reserved for this next topic, which I am so excited to get into. It is about, <coughs> Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sick, so... It is about Maddie having the flu. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised it took me 47 minutes to get through this and and start coughing now. And start coughing? So was I, because you warned me prior, and I was like, he's doing pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. So, new Batman game is coming around. Seemingly, uh, Warner Brothers Montreal looks to be teasing some stuff. So we got a lot of stuff to go over. And, uh, oh man, this is exciting, because it also inadvertently uh, confirms something. Um, so the following information comes from GameSpot. It appears Batman Arkham Origins developer Warner Brother Games Montreal is teasing its new game. The studio tweeted on September 22nd for the first time in more than four years with what looks to be a cryptic teaser for a new project. Then on September 23rd, the studio posted another teaser with a tagline that says, Capture the Night, K-N-I-G-H-T. That teaser is accompanied by a series of quickly changing symbols that could imply the latest threat Batman will have to face. You can check out the latest teaser below, followed by the earlier one. Um, If we scroll down, it says the tweet celebrates the 80th anniversary of Batman's first comic book appearance in 1939 with a video that shows the bat signal projected onto a building, but there's more to it. The video also contains flashes at 3 seconds and 21 seconds of mysterious symbols that you can see below. And uh, they have them listed. People are speculating that at least one of the symbols is a reference to the secret society, the Court of Owls, that exists in the Batman universe. Intriguingly, a Warner Brothers Games Montreal developer tweeted in November 2018 a picture of a developer wearing a t-shirt with owl imagery Mm -hmm. on it. The tweet appears to be in reference to an upcoming unannounced project. Uh, More evidence for Court of Owls connection came from Batman Comics writer Scott Snyder. He tweeted and deleted a post that specifically mentioned the Court of Owls. He used the hashtag BewareTheCourtOfOwls in his since-deleted post. And then, hold on, there's a tweet here. Yeah, this is, wow, redacted, best dev team ever. And there's a picture of someone with owl imagery on. That is absolutely a tease right there. Warner Brothers Games Montreal has numerous open positions posted on its jobs website, one which mentions the studio working on a AAA unannounced game. The studio is massive as it currently employs more than 300 people and continues to staff up. In 2016, Kotaku reported that Warner Brothers Games Montreal canceled a Suicide Squad game and shifted focus to a new Batman game starring Damian Wayne. This could be the new title Warner Bro- that Warner Brothers Games is teasing as Damian Wayne was featured in the 2012 comic Night of Owls that focuses on Batman's fight against the Court of Owls. Nothing is confirmed, however, and in 2018, Warner Brothers Montreal senior designer Osama Dorius said on the Humans of Gaming podcast that the studio was working on a couple of projects connected to the DC Universe. One of these games is a major console game, open world DC universe. Meanwhile, Batman Arkham Knight Studio Rocksteady is also working on a new project, though it has not been announced. That was a mouthful. All right. Lots of details. Great write-up by GameStop. GameSpot, by the way. Eddie McCock, right? McCock? Mukuch? I don't know how to say his name, but anyway. (laughs) I'm I'm sure the first pronunciation was definitely way off. Once I said it out loud, I was like, fuck, that ain't it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Eddie McCock. Beat up a lot as a kid. (laughs) Anyway, 
Uh, Carrick, are you excited for a new Batman game? We'll start off. We'll start off simple. Yeah, yeah, I'm sto- I'm stoked Quarter for one, miles? especially because yeah, because when they said ca- um, uh, capture the night or catch the night, um, mm-hmm. I was thinking like you know, is it something where it, it it all depends on where they it it also all depends on if they take Batman Arkham Knight as canon. Because if they do, mm. then everything changes. That's actually the really the big thing that matters. Because see, what now happens I'm, at the end. Of I've Arkham read Knight. some Batman comics, some of the newer uh, Batman detective novels. Rather, um, they're good. They are very good. And so I'm trying to remember. I should have looked this up right before, but maybe you'll know off the top of your head. Damian Wayne difference here. Son. Son. Okay. Okay, yeah. makes sense. And, that, and that would be interesting and, then. And when he says catch the night, what I was thinking originally was, oh, maybe Batman, a, a little bit like the Batman movies, maybe the cops aren't helping Batman anymore for mm. whatever reason. But then some stuff happens at Arkham Knight where that wouldn't make any sense. So, like, it, it, yeah, on true. who who's involved. So that's why I'm wondering if they're going to take Arkham Knight canon or if it's a side story. Um, and then if it's... Hmm. It is Damien who then who does become Batman, obviously. So I'm assuming yeah. it won't be Bruce Wayne and it'll be him. And I think that uh, there are pretty big differences between the way Damien does stuff and the way Bruce Wayne did uh, when it comes to mm-hmm. like uh, their beliefs and like how to treat people who've done stuff wrong and all that kind of stuff. Teen Titans covers some, or Titans TV show covers some of right. those kind of things for different heroes. So yeah, it's. I mean, I'm super excited <clears throat> for it. I think also, dude, Arkham Knight despite the technical issues i actually really liked i like the batman good. yeah and i like their gameplay the the loops and just the the stuff that he uses mm-hmm. i like all the gadgets so to me i'm really excited for new batman i just think it could look awesome and i mean there could be a lot of cool things that they do you think with this the story a, a 2020 game because i think so Ooh, really you think this you mean like, I feel like new it's consoles? been long enough yeah i think it's been yeah long it enough. has been because you what was the podcast quotes date wasn't it two and a half years? Or you set a date, and it was two and a half years ago. Oh, it's Kotaku's they, story. Yeah, Kotaku's story was. Hold on, let me scroll down a little bit. Uh, reported that they canceled the game and shifted focus to a Batman game starring and Damian that was, Wayne. That was 2016. Oh yeah, you're right. So if, if yeah. I think if they've really been in on that since then, new um, console. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy Oof. to be like, here's the new, you know, Xbox or PS4. Yeah, man. Or five, sorry. Oh, man. I'm stoked because it's been long yeah. enough. And it's kind of crazy because Bat- the Batman console series or gaming series, rather, has been so popular that um, I, I, it's like I'm, I'm itching for a new one. Um, what I find most exciting is when I was reading up about the Court of Owls because I had yet to get to that when I was reading the comics. Um, and, and, and it was described, and this is just Wikipedia, by the way, so we can get your interpretation of what I'm going to say first before I deliver some of my speculation on what I think this game is going to be. The Court of Owls is an organized crime group and secret society appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics, commonly in association with the superhero Batman. They have existed secretly since colonial times in Gotham City, which I think is cool, by the way, the idea of colonial times Gotham. Uh, the court kidnaps child performers from the circus only to train and transform them into their assassins known as Talons. So, with that being said, uh, before I give my speculation, does that sound like an accurate interpretation of the Court of Owls? One of them. One, One of them, because there's different, uh, you know, comic books, different yes, series, yes. and they're handled slightly different. But yeah, that's the general gist of the Court. Okay. Owls. Generally, what I'm thinking, even if this is not going to be the the type of uh, villain group, so to speak, um, in this exact way, it seems like mysterious cult, 
takes people, transforms them into assassins. That's kind of the gist. And so I was thinking, what if this game had something like the Nemesis system in uh, oh, from yeah. Shadow of Mordor in, Shadow. in, in this yeah. game? I, I think that would fit really well with the theme. Uh, um, and I think it would it would be really cool to see a superhero game try that because um, Nemesis, number one, they'd have access to the resources, like the exact people who made it because they are a Warner Brothers game um, who did publish the Shadow of Mordor games. But... Um, Anyway, that was well, just my speculation. What? Here's a question for you. What if, and this is just get uh, like making something up on the spot. <clears throat> what if there's a boss, like your first boss in the game, first boss fight? You know, mm-hmm. Deathstroke in which which one is he in Origins. Origins? Yeah. So let's say you get in a fight with somebody from the Court of Owls, and um, maybe it's a boss battle that's in a location, and there's a couple ways to, you've got your, your items, whatever items you have at that point, maybe there's some environmental damages. What if you were to, like, stun him by mm-hmm. sh- throwing him into a Transformer, right? And then some story event happens that causes you to not be able to take him to jail or whatever. But then he shows back up with, like, armor that's anti-electrical. And then you can't you use, know, like, electric batarangs yeah, on him? Yeah, That'd Dude, be awesome. it'd be... Or you're using, what if it counts and you use a bunch of batarangs to almost defeat him and the game is like, okay, Carrick used this to defeat him mm-hmm. a bunch of times. So when he shows back up, he's got like a new cowl on that doesn't let you knock him in the back of the head. Almost like Phantom Pain. P- people forget that like Metal Gear, when you That'd shot cool. a bunch of headshots, they put helmets on. So yeah. it's not unheard of to have that. And if you mix what you said with the Nemesis... That would be amazing because you could create your own bad guy, at least in a minimalistic way. It would be awesome if your bad guy showed up and he had like anti flame. My bad guy showed up, he was anti. And then you defeat him, you know, hurt him again, he shows up with something else. You know, it'd be that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. You're right. That would be cool to see that. I'd like that. I think also, though, it won't be one protagonist. As in, you'll play as different bat- Batman or... Justice League kind of thing. Oh. I, I, I do have a feeling it'll be probably three. Interesting. And where it'll be like, because that's the big thing in the Arrow universe right now. It's the big GTA tried it with three protagonists. Mm -hmm. Multiple companies have sort of tried to, even, you know, like a lot of the bigger titles. games though, right? Because they got to play differently. Yeah, yeah. That's that's your one thing is, or do you not have them play differently completely? Maybe they have a different normal physical moveset, but the gadgets are shared by the Bat League. So you have... Mm -hmm. You know, you're Robin, you're Damien, you're Batman, or whatever, and then you, like, when you upgrade your uh, Batarangs, Robin, maybe his look different, but they're still got the same upgrades. Mm-hmm. But his mm-hmm. attack style, because Robin's attack style is way different than Batman's. Yeah. They don't fight anything alike. And we saw them already trying that with their DLC. They had the Catwoman DLC, where you were Catwoman for four, six hours. Yes. Um, it's not unheard of. They've already tested, like you know, how people would react to different protagonists with different five styles. Right. So we have some questions on this topic. Grimblade asks, if Warner Brothers Montreal is continuing the Batman Arkham series, does this increase or decrease the chances of Rocksteady branching out of something outside of Batman or even DC? Yes. Yes to decrease or increase. It decrease, right? I mean, they just, I don't know how big they are. Mm. I mean, it probably takes everybody. I think they they seem like a superhero studio. I don't see them going outside of superhero games. I think they're going to stay in that realm. I think because every time I've heard a rumor with them, it's always been DC related or there was in 2012. 
This is my prediction, okay? Bookmark it. This is my prediction. In 2012, there was a rumor that the Batman Arkham developers, Rocksteady, were working on a TMNT game. And all I do remember is, that. There has I not been a that. fucking good TMNT game really objectively ever outside of, I'd say, Turtles in Time. And if there's any studio that would get Turtles right, it would be Rocksteady. And so, it would be multiple protagonists again. Yes. Which, again, is what I firmly believe they'll probably yes. do. It just feels and like that. Spider-Man feels like it. Here's the thing is they, they have a good experience of making nighttime cities feel yeah. alive like they've done in the Batman games. It's never daytime during those games. And the same right. thing would apply with Ninja Turtles, I believe. Um, they, they, they now have experience with vehicles. There are vehicles that the Ninja Turtles use, like the shell truck, shell cycle, and so on. So you have that developmental expertise. I just feel like everything kind of goes in line. You just got, and, and they've been doing multiple protagonists. You know, they started doing that with the DLC where you'd play as different characters. Uh, it just, yeah. everything goes in line where I'm like, they, they look like they're ready to do an Ninja Turtle game. I think they have the development, uh, expertise to do one now. And, and I would, I would freak out. I would freak out, man. It would be cool if they were big enough to do two games. <clears throat> I don't know if they are. Um, yeah. I don't know their size. Do you? Like, are they huge or are they? I think they're decent. Like, because if they're less than two hundred, there's no way. Just because of those kind of games and the resources they seem to take, we saw. I mean, we're we're seeing that with like Playground Studios having to hire a bunch of people for their secondary studio for their open world game. It's Wikipedia, but it says that. Uh... As of 2019, they had 227 employees, so we could just say mm. two, 200 plus. 200 roughly. plus, yeah. That doesn't feel big enough to do two. Yeah. Just in current today, AAA market, it doesn't, I guess, is what I'm saying. I just, oh, man. They got to make a Ninja Turtle game, man. It's been it's been way too long since we've had a, a good, proper Ninja Turtles game. Platinum Games could have delivered it. Yeah, could have. 2R3M asks, why does Warner Brothers Montreal insist on teasing the new Arkham game right before Big Things State of Play E3 Game Awards, then not announce it? Why troll us over and over? No fucking clue, but I would agree. My, my conspiracy theory is that they haven't seen the traction and coverage until... Because I, I didn't know much about... I just knew, oh, they're probably working on a Batman game. But it didn't really feel like it gained traction until they started teasing the day before State of Play. And I believe that they didn't, because they weren't seeing that traction. You mean a piggyback tweet is what they were doing? They were just piggybacking on something popular? Yeah. There like, was no like plan. Get, get the conversation going. Like, oh, State of Play is happening, and maybe Batman's going to be there. And get people the reason anticipating that, it and talking about it. It frustrates me, though, Maddie, because Warner Brothers has always had to deal with Sony. They've always had a deal with Sony. It's mm -hmm. always Sony that shows their stuff. And it frustrates me if that's true because that's playing – that's like playing dirty pool at that point. Like that's a bad time. I mean, and then to have an actor, a voice actor, randomly tweet that because most likely they – I mean, at this point you would have to say that the tweet that went out probably – was on purpose and then that makes it even dirtier i hate the idea of it i'm not saying it's not happening i just that idea bothers me my i, I have a hope my hope would be that they were planning on showing it and for whatever reason chose not to during the state of play i would rather might have been too that. small stage state of plays really i would never reveal my game right now on state of play yeah state of play is weird uh on the other hand, Sony could have a, a masterpiece. So could Microsoft, because Microsoft did their event the same day. If one of those yeah, guys had, if, 
If one of those guys had showed it, do you know what that means? That means every state of play or every Xbox event would always be watched by four times as many people mm. from that point on. Because be every for that game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And Sony's been like anti E3 for a while. So imagine being like, boom, oh yeah, Batman, state of state of play. We do a monthly. But guess what? Here's Batman. People'd be like, holy shit, next state of play, I'm watching. Yeah. Because you would never know there would be the uncertainty. And I'm, I, dude, I don't know. I hope you're wrong. I hope it wasn't on. Per, I hope it wasn't a, a PR stunt because that frustrates me beyond. And the rumors I had heard was that last year they were supposed to show it. So yeah, like I guess you're right about the 2020 though, because there was a rumor that it was supposed to be last year. Maybe so they knew that The Last of Us Part Two was going to be there, and that was definitely they they had the preview coverage show afterwards. It so yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think Batman's big enough where it can just make its own noise separately. But um, it's one of those, like, shit or get off the pot moments where I'm just like, dude, you know, there's never yeah. going to be that perfect moment. You know, the more you delay it, you're just going to hurt yourself. So um, my, my prediction, like I said, is just that uh, they, they're waiting. They, they're waiting for traction to be gained. Because um, think of it this way. Think of every substantial game leak. Like, think of that Harry Potter game that's apparently being published by Warner Brothers. That, right. that had a huge leak, like a, a full trailer leak, and nothing. Nothing. Like, Warner Brothers is weird, you know? And I understand not reactionary announcements, smart. But, I mean, absolutely nothing. And no leaks in the way that we would expect them, which is like... Uh... There's nobody in the no. Uh, there's nobody in the no leaking data about it or anything, which mm -hmm. is pretty crazy. Yeah, they must have it locked down. That's what I'm saying. Warner Brothers also is pretty crazy with their NDAs. Did you get an NDA for Night? Did you review Night? No. Did, I did you not. get it? Have I, you got I did it for WB uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sign like two things. So their NDAs are pretty ridiculous on mm -hmm. some of their games, and they're very like you have to follow all the standards. Like they're one of they're like Sony, where they mm -hmm. like demand you you know you state it, you state this. Blah, Sign blah, blah. and agree before even like possibly receiving a copy. Yeah. Exactly that no yeah that's true that is mm -hmm. true. There are one of the few that says you have to sign the NDA before you even get like data about what you're getting. Like you know your the title, but you, you we're giving you nothing until you sign the NDA. So I'm yeah. assuming their staff is on that, too. Like, where it's yeah. like, dude, if we find out you're leaking, we're going to come at you financially. Microsoft states that in their NDAs. They're like, Microsoft withholds, uh, like withholds the right to come, you know, to recoup law any, like, assumed losses due to your leak. Like, they're wow. they're pretty belligerent about it. So, and that's okay. But it's been good. Yeah. They've done well. Yeah, They've clearly. locked it down, man. For real. The Harry Potter one's really locked down. Yeah, that it, it's kind of crazy, right? Like how? <laughs> yeah, they just really went all in on that. They're like, okay, I feel like ninjas snuck out. in, Maddie, and somebody yeah. got killed. Like oh, somebody got found that they were the one who announced it, and we hear about a mysterious death, yeah. like a drowning. And we don't it's put like, the two ah, together. Happens. <laughs> it's like Gotham. <laughs> all right. Last topic before we get into the rest of our patron questions. We're going to be talking about the Epic Game Store. Now, this one's interesting, not from like, oh, we got another exclusivity deal. We always talked about how there's big money in these Epic deals. We've said it for months on this show. I've reasoned with people when an Epic Games deal happens that I said, look, these are businesses and uh, money talks. And, and right now, people are getting paid big money to be on this store. 
Uh, so we have details on the Control deal. So Control is a game that came out at the end of August, already on sale on PlayStation for $48. By the way, I got it for $16 on Amazon just because it was on sale there for 48 or $40, and I used a, uh, I used oh, a uh, gift card. Yeah. Gift card. So I got it for 15 bucks, which is pretty good. But I don't think uh, Remedy's all that concerned because the rumor is they're going to get picked up by PlayStation. And uh, it, according to Kotaku, <clears throat> the headline reads, Epic paid the makers of Control a $10.5 million advance for exclusivity. $10.5 million. That is insane. And it was $30 million <clears throat> for the development of the game. It's a third. Yeah. Uh, I will uh, correct one thing, though, because I saw something going out. 45% goes to Remedy. The rest went to Big Ben. Yep, I was just about to read that. A financial report from Digital Bros via GameDaily.biz. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Indicates that Remedy and publisher 505 Games got a deal of 9.49 million euros in bringing the games to the Epic Game Store. That's $10.49 million, which was then divided between the two parties with 505 taking 45% of that total and the larger sum of 55% oh. going to Remedy. Oh, so switch. Okay, gotcha. That's yeah. Good. This deal is part of a larger exchange between 505 and Epic that will also see upcoming sci-fi exploration game Journey to the Savage Planet received released exclusively on the Epic Game Store. Um, the 9.49 million euro uh, number has been reported as a deal for Control's exclusivity, but that payment is not merely a cash sum paid in exchange for the rights to sell the game. It is an advance on future sales revenue. This payment ensures that developers are making a lump sum right away rather than waiting for money to dribble in as copies of the game are sold. Uh, said security and upfront payment might make releasing games on the Epic Game Store more appealing, particularly for developers of independent games like Hades, developer Supergiant Games, or Ooblitz designer Gumberland. Uh, both these games initially released on the Epic Game Store, although Hades will be available on Steam starting in December, which is when I will pick it up. The upfront money they're they're providing means we'll be able to afford more help and resources to start ramping up production and doing some cooler things. Ooblitz designer Ben Wasser explained in a blog post last month. Gumberland was later targeted in a harassment campaign after this announcement. The deal between Remedy and Epic isn't new for the platform, but the release of these numbers does help put some uh, on the inner workings in perspective. Steam is facing increased competition from the Epic Game Store and has been adjusting its look and algorithms recently. Epic continues to draw in developers and games, including the loot shooter Borderlands 3. The model seems to be working to the presumed delight of some publishers and the continued confusion and occasional frustration of some gamers. So when you combine these numbers and your developer, and then you see what happened with Borderlands 3 and uh, a number of other games that have reportedly done well on the Epic Game Store, what do you what do you make of this? Do you, do you think uh, it's starting to become a little more justifiable to go on the Epic Game Store despite its lack of features? Just going, yeah, you know what? This is a lot of money, and people are going there to play the games anyway. What are you going to do? Say no to $10 million when your game's getting no promotion for 505? Yeah, none. Which yeah. pisses me off more because if they got that money, none of that money went into their <laughs> into yeah. their PR for the game. Yeah. So that, that actually angered me when I read it. And I actually have worked with 505. Uh, it, it, it's definitely odd. Um, but dude, yeah, man. Like... Now, the future sales thing, people got confused. What that actually means is they will make no money till they make up that money. Mm. But it still also means that 
you know, there's $5 million. So it's like five, you have to figure out what that turns out in sales and all, all that kind of stuff. It helps remedy. It helps any company. I mean, dude. Uh, it, Guaranteed I mean, money in the pocket. And it's a signing a bonus is, for uh, the NFL. If, it, yeah. NFL, you don't, you don't have a running back come out of college and play for every fucking team. You idiots. They play for one team and the one team pays them a signing bonus. That's what Epic is. Epic is the first of what will be many publishers or many uh, like digital storefronts, because they're not going to be the only ones doing that, that yeah. throw money at a star performer or what, who they think is going to be a star performer. And remember, Tencent's just got money up the ink. It's not even, it's just, it's not even a, mm -hmm. dude, the amount of money they have, it's nothing. This is like, like us, you know, spending maybe a hundred bucks. It at at most, Maddie. Like if you look up ten cents amount of money or epics, um, and with like Fortnite, it's just staggering. it's ludicrous. It's staggering, yeah. And so to them, it, it it just helps. And so for a developer to do that, they they look at it and go, hey, yeah, we'll definitely, you know. And Epic's fucked up. Remember when Epic put all those games on sale and forgot to tell the devs, and the, a couple devs <laughs> removed their games. They were like, bitch, you need to tell me when you're selling my game. We didn't even know. Yeah. Um, Epic's got their fair share of ba uphill battles, but so does Steam. And it, guys, it's not going <clears> to <throat> stop. By the way, no, it's, it's not, not. It's Epic's not going to. They that dude Tim Sweeney's a, a crackpot anyway. Everybody's known that. But like he's like, we'll <laughs> stop when they blah blah blah. Nope, nope. I they, told everyone it, that was just posturing, just because it's like it's posturing. very it's very clear that even if they did change their position, he'd have like a new statement about it. It's a, it's NFL free agent man. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it, it, I, Steam will do it. GOG will do it. Somebody, like, once they see it, they'll be like, yeah, we'll... Because Steam used to offer it, their main uh, currency was discoverability. Mm -hmm. Their main currency was you'll be on Steam. And now I that doesn't matter like anymore. That, that did kind of work in their favor. Mm -hmm. Very you know, much so. That was, that was definitely, like, getting... Because they were on front bit. page... Um, and they were on the Steam number one sellers for multiple days in a row, mm -hmm. which definitely helps, yeah. Yeah, if discoverability is good, then you're fine. The problem with Steam is it's not great. It can be easy to get lost. Yeah. Dude, right. if I had that much money, if I... I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, I don't know either. I would... That's why I don't want to be rich. Like, I just want to be comfortable, you know? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'd do Thank God I'm money. married, because if I was single and had that much, I'd be riddled with VD. I would just be in Vegas humping everything. But seriously, that much money, the shit I would do would be demonic. <laughs> I know what you were talking about like, in, in, in such oh, a sorry. naive manner. <laughs> and then you just said humping shit. I'm like, all right, he's, he's fucking someone. He, he's like, oh, I get it. I get it now. No, dude, seriously, that much money? The, it, it, like, you hear about it with movie stars when they're young and they go crazy because there's nobody who says no. There's nobody who, like, you know, you have yes men. Nobody's going to tell you no because you'll be kicked out of the entourage. So you're like, you know, the, the person with millions, you just sit around and siphon off of them. And, and that, that amount of money is stupendous. It's, cr it's creepy how yeah, much they're making. Creepy. Yeah, I was just about to say. Do you ever think that Epic will... Um, so I don't think it's going to get worse. The outrage is already there, and mm -hmm. it's sort of fading from what I think. I, I was going to say, I think it'll only get a little bit better. Right. Do you, do you, who do you see next? Do you see Steam doing something, mm. even if it's not money paid directly, but something that where there's a financial recourse that's quite large, like we're dropping our our take to like one percent or so? Or do you think Goggle do it? Yeah. See, I think it's not going to be Steam who makes the first move because I you don't think, think so? Steam's had ample time to respond and do something like this, and, and they haven't. certainly <laughs> have the funds to do so, and they have not. Mm -hmm. 
So then my thought in turn is someone like GOG would step up and get exclusivity for something and people would be like, whoa, they're doing that now? And yeah. then Steam in turn would be like, okay, you know, now now we have to. Now, now we have multiple people. It's not just us versus Epic. It's, you know, because people have shown, not a lot of people, I guess, when you look at sales data, um, but people have shown, I mean, at least with, with Metro Exodus, I think that data showed, I think the, the data for that was skewed uh, heavily. But um, some people have shown they're, they're willing to wait for Steam, you know. But uh, I just think the word, I think the number sum is much smaller than like we think. Yeah. If that makes sense. Also, Discord stopped selling games. Really? Like it's crazy. Remember, yeah, remember they had their homepage. They were selling games, and then they did a big announcement last month, and they were like, "We the one thing we figured out running Discord is that you do not buy games from our store." So we are, yeah, they're going to remove the store page. Got to fund those parties somehow. <laughs> no shit, right? They did um, another one at TwitchCon. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it, but I guess they they got extra money from something. Do you got think. any questions for this one? Uh, no, no. We just have questions at the end now. Weird. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I was very surprised out of everything we listed. The most questions we got was for Batman. Dude, it, it shows the thirst, the straight up thirst mm-hmm. for Batman. Mm-hmm. I think rightfully so. It's been a l- enough, a uh, long enough time. All right, time for patron questions. Now we just grab all of you who weren't included throughout the show because your questions didn't pertain to the news topics, and we answer them here. So we'll start off with JPAT93. You're going to see a lot of new names actually here, which is awesome. Like I said, we got 15 new patrons uh, this this past week or so, which is which is great because a lot of people have been hopping in the Discord and asking questions. JPAT asks, any thoughts on the possibility of Red Dead Redemption 2 single-player DLC? And on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, what's your excitement slash interest level for Cyberpunk? So, Rockstar, I, I saw Legacy Killa put out a tweet. Uh, I'll grab it while maybe Carrick answers in the meantime, but I'm pretty sure Rockstar sort of stamped that out recently. So, um, the, the question being, do we think they'll be single-player? Is that just the... Yes, hold on, here it is. Disappointing Red Dead Redemption 2 news here. I'll read the tweet from Legacy. Um, If you're hoping for single-player DLC, however, you might be disappointed. Rockstar is currently focused on expanding Red Dead Online content with the huge single-player that already exists in the main story. Uh, Content, sorry, I said content. Content with the huge single-player that already exists in the main story of Red Dead Redemption 2. We've said it before, but we love single-player games, and Red Dead Redemption 2's absolutely massive story and equally massive epilogue are hopefully evidence of that, Hamad explains. The team's ambitious. Uh, the team's ambitions for Red Dead Redemption 2 are sky-high in every way, and when we are building worlds of that scale, the single-player experience almost always leads the way. Our ambitions for our online games are just as high, and with Red Dead Online, we are continuing to build and expand to match the world we created for Red Dead Redemption 2's story. Not just with the roles, but other activities, random events, characters to meet, new ways to engage with the world, and further inhabit your character, as well as improve the overall experience. Um, It's not something Rockstar would rule out entirely, however, and the same goes for zombies, which some players have seemingly been finding hints about in the past few weeks. Um, Highlighted in quotes, it's not something that we're focused on right now, Hamad admits. We've obviously just released Frontier Pursuits, which is uh, the latest update for Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, the online expansion. 
Uh, so our focus is building on top of that and expanding the player's experience in the world at the moment. But you know, we never say never, so we'll have to see where the future goes, which you know, they're not going to do it. Um, and yeah, it's just more about the undead nightmare and whatnot. So um, yeah, I don't think you should expect Red Dead Redemption 2 to have single-player DLC. Um, my, my reasoning was less of what Rockstar or 2K, or I'm sorry, Take-Two just said, and, and more so... Just look at how much money GTA Online made. They are going to try to do that with Red Dead, and single-player DLC is not going to do that. Single-player DLC will make you money, but GTA Online was printing fucking money and keeping that game in the top 10 selling five years after launch. Five years. Six years. Sorry. Like, I think I think it's, it's safe to say that uh, they're going to do online because that's kind of an ongoing thing. People are continuously buying into it. So let's say you and I are texture artists and we'll go with like san francisco i don't know it's pretty expensive live there but a normal place so let's say like you're getting eighty thousand seventy thousand a year or whatever um you're not getting paid per texture you're getting paid per year so you're making let's say you're making horse textures right Mm -hmm. for like horse skins sure um that's still like less than a couple million and a single player expansion is way more than that a single-player expansion for those guys is going to be in the 30, 40, 50. It's going to be like Control. You know, like their full game for just a single-player expansion. Yeah, because they don't And do yet, small. the return is astronomically higher for the texture artists slash uh, musicians slash sound guys to just add stuff to online. Because even if you don't sell a whole shitload of them, you've got somebody working for you 365 days a year making skin packs and you know and weapon packs more efficient for the business essentially it's more efficient for the business yeah and it just i mean i get that people want a company to somehow be a pariah or something and just be like we've decided against all financial reasoning to do this that's not the current market it's just not it's not really the current market you'll see a little blending of that like with borderlands 3 you can play those dlc campaigns by yourself but because Mm -hmm. multiplayer is sort of built into that experience and in a cooperative way uh that type of stuff sort of gets lost in the conversation they're like well here's single player dlc it's like well kind of single player dlc that's a shooter built on the same systems that doesn't have an ambient world that can't break Mm mm-hmm like, you don't even have ambient creatures, really, in that game. You just have creatures that attack you. Yeah. Well, you've got a couple ambient creatures, maybe. But most attack you. you. Now that you mention that, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't even think there are. Yeah, I think there's the little hedgehog dudes. Quest givers and, and things that attack you. Yeah. So, and those levels are, if you zoomed out and looked at a Borderlands level straight from the top down, what you would see is a fairly labyrinthian setup that is actually fairly closed off. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of alleys. You have to go around, blah, blah, blah. But you're talking about an open world title that's a completely different beast. Also, it has to mend seamlessly with whatever you've created. You could do Far Harbor, where you do go to a totally different place. You you certainly could do that. But again, you are building on systems and doing far more work. And so to me, there's no, there's no fucking denying it, dude. And Borderlands is going to do skins. They're going to do the same stuff. They're just doing both. Hmm. Yeah, I'd love to see single player though. I'm still, I would still, I would I'd love to, to as well. Yeah, I would. I like. I'd, I'm not saying I don't want it. I would love it, but I just, yeah. I just the I way I sense. look at it is the reason why it would also make sense on the on the other side of the coin is because 
they have so much money, I don't think it would be necessarily a loss to try single player DLC and go like, let's let's see how it's true. People respond to this. Sold really well. Right well, lost the in the damned. You know, lost in the damned. Yeah, Ballad they've done it before. Yeah, they've done it before. Hmm. I think with Lost in the Damned and Ballad of Gay Tony, since they were paid for by Microsoft, it, it was a different beast. I brought it up because it still is the beast. I just don't know how it was paid for. Yeah, I just don't know what Rockstar makes it, it, and what they think is a good return for them. I And also, yeah. if you and I buy DLC, how long does a DLC have a sale? Uh, what's the term? Uh, like a long tail sale it's not a c- incredible amount of time you probably have two or three months where it hits big and then it starts to taper off where dlc for a skin that skin's going to be there all the time and then you repackage the skin into another package you call it the horse skin package and then you call it something else and you you can make all these different packages for people it sucks but it's Man. sort of the way it seems like it's going all right, next question is from Vault101Guy. Great name. What movie would you like to have be turned hmm. into a game? I know you don't watch movies, Matt, but I just recently watched The Shining, and I think that would be a cool horror game. No. We, we appreciate you thinking of a podcast question mid-flick. Um, yeah, Carrick, you, so, you take this one away. I'm sure I'll think of something stupid, but uh, you, you can go ahead and give us a legitimate answer. So what movie? Uh, okay, Willow was already made, so I'll remove that. Um Dark Crystal as a full game, it's being made into a tactics game, and yes. I think that that doesn't really hit for me. I would love to see an RPG that was a Dark Crystal game. I think Dark Crystal is awesome. Um, also, a real Stranger Things game would be awesome. Hmm. Both of those, uh, those are TV shows. I hope they're okay with that. But yeah, I would say, I mean... you know, because the big movies right now, Maddie, are all superhero. Frankly, I'm not a big fan of like seeing an Avengers, another Avengers game. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know if my brain can handle another Avenger, Avenger. So, I mm. mean, um, then older ones like Trans. Well, nope. See, those have already been games. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say a lot of. Oh, John Wick. Isn't they're doing a John Wick game? They are, but it's like not a. It's not what you're thinking. It's not a game like I think I'm thinking, which is like a Batman, but as John Wick kind right. of thing. Okay. It's not that. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Do you watch scary movies at all? No. Blair Witch got made recently. Yeah, um, that was that was surprising. I remember that announcement was was pretty shocking. Friday the Thirteenth is already made. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like a lot of when you really start to break it down, mm-hmm. that like you know, if a if a movie works right, like and I'm saying specifically as a movie, I was like, there's there's games that can't ever be adapted into movies because they're just so interactive and and a lot of right. its strengths feed off of that and i think the same applies for movies there's just some movies where you're, you're like this this works brilliantly as a movie um and i don't watch a lot of movies so this is a tough answer for me i don't think i got a good one for you man i apologize and i know you you acknowledged my lack of movie watching so i appreciate you knowing me well enough uh so we'll, we'll stick with Carrick's answer because i i cannot squeeze one out I keep thinking of the original Ninja Turtles movie though, because we were talking. I was talking about it with my friends last night. We were thinking of like our favorite clips, uh, fellow Chucker, eh? Okay. Now <laughs> we move nerds. on to yeah, right. I can uh, any secondhand embarrassment, anyone? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get it. Black Dow asks, "What's the fa- the funniest moment you've seen in a game?" Disregarding like multiplayer, just purely based off what the devs put in the game. I have an instant answer for this one. Go for it. Fucking Jared from Subway in, in South Park. 
Oh, Jesus, yeah. South Holy shit. I howled at that one. I was like, oh, no fucking way. Because I was like, that's crazy they did that. And then one of his moves, he fucking humps you with a sandwich and, like, shoots mayonnaise at <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Incredible. I don't know how they did that. That was insane. Especially reviewing that, you're in your own little fucking, like, time capsule. And you're like, yeah. no. Like, I can't talk to anyone about this. This is This is insane. That blew my mind. I could not believe I think, that. I think humor in games is hard, and I think the reason why South Park worked is because it was already a show. Yeah, absolutely. I think humor in yeah, games, if that... Okay, let's say South Park didn't exist, and that game came out. <clears throat> there'd probably be some mother and father groups. They've already had their battle with South Park and lost. But mm-hmm. if it was a brand new game, I bet you there'd be people up in arms about it. Like, they'd yeah. be like, oh my There's god, like you know, a, I'm okay, offended. Okay, we get what this is. Kind of thing. Yeah, I don't really know of a game that handled... Um, there's been like, there's been like, act uh, like the Avengers style games where it's a group of people and you know there'll be that funny cutscene where mm-hmm. somebody does something stupid, but it's never laugh out loud, ever. I didn't we talk? I th- feel like you and I talked about comedy in games. Like, yes, I think it was last week. Last last week, yeah. And we were we were having a, a lot of difficulty even figuring out if there's been. We were talking about Borderlands three, I think, and how oh like, the right, yeah, and people were bitching were about it. Shady. Yeah, they were just poop jokes or whatever. Yeah, I was playing um, it last night, and, like, I was actually enjoying my time, and then the fucking main antagonist came up and started talking about, like, they called us, like, butts and started laughing. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? Like, this is actually yeah. terrible. It's insane. Some two-year-old wrote this. Seriously. <laughs> Any, uh, yeah, I, I don't have an answer. Mm. I don't have an Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I think, you're, I think you it's... nailed it with South Park. I think yeah. they're a Simpsons, oh, Simpsons uh, ride, that one, the open world one. Oh, hit run? Hit and run for sure had some funny moments, um, but it wasn't. It just wasn't audacious enough. I don't think to make me laugh out loud. I remember as a young young kid, like I was five years old, and I remember my. I don't even know who that was. I don't remember this guy's name, but he was my neighbor, and uh, we were playing Pokemon Stadium, and we thought it was hilarious when we clicked the move headbutt and like ran our head into someone to ran, damage ran them. We were just. It was like, why? I just remember laughing my ass off at that. <sighs> Young and dumb. All right, next question. We go back to Johnny EC. What's an old game you absolutely think needs to be remade? My choice would be Scarface. That's a really interesting choice. Jesus, we just talked about Scarface on the podcast today. That's crazy. Scarface came up as that exact the answer to that question. A lot of people like that game. Never played that game. I've heard the Godfather. Did you play two video Godfather? Game yeah, very good as yeah. well. Two was awesome, Maddie. You would legit like if you liked Mafia Two, mm-hmm. you should check out Godfather on the three hundred and sixty. My, my friend I, Vinny has recommended to me like ad nauseum. Oh yeah, really? I, yeah, I plan on taking him. Fist up on bump it. to Just, Benny. Yeah, or he, Vinny. He 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 loves that game. A game that I'd want to be remade, though. I'm not going to pick KOTOR. Obviously, that's an easy answer, but I also don't know if I'd want that remade. I'd rather it be remastered. Um, a game that I'd like to see remade from the ground up. I'm trying to think of a game. My answer like... is Advent Rising, for sure. Advent Rising. What is that? That's a Halo-style game. It was written by Orson <laughs> Scott Card, and it was a 3D uh, shooter action game. And um, or third person, sorry, and uh, it didn't have the greatest controls at all. Mm-hmm. But it's probably got the only story I've ever actually been like emotional when I watched it, like ever. Wow! And um, it's got some of the best choices I've ever seen in a game. And How I don't think it ever be um, Halos, Halo One and Two's time frame. 
Wow. It even looks like Halo. In fact, the opening credits are you flying a spaceship because an alien ship has come to Earth, mm-hmm. and you're flying a spaceship alongside of it as the credits are going and you're talking. It's very cinematic, and uh, it scored really poorly. It didn't have great controls, um, but that story, the first, like, well, remember you said The Last of Us? You know the starting. We're ta- we both know what we're talking about, right. the starting of The Last of Us. Um the exact same kind of cho- uh, exact same kind of situation happens at the starting of Advent Rising, except you choose who it happens to. Hmm. And from that point on, that character, the character it's that an original Xbox game, wow. Yeah, the character that lives is then with you, and you have a different story than if it was the other character. It's crazy. Wow. Like it is, it is crazy how. Uh, but it's it's also written by a crazy person, Orson Scott Card. He's a he's a legit nutball. So I don't think we'll ever see a sequel or a remake. Wow. But I would kill for that. One of the best soundtracks ever made, by the way. Ten bucks on Steam. Hmm. Yeah, worst control ever, Maddie. Don't get it. Really? Oh, dude, it's got you a thing called... F- yeah, it's got a thing called flick control. So you know how a- auto-aiming happens in games when you pull the trigger and the HUD pulls over to the enemy? Mm-hmm. Like it sticks to him? This game has flick control. So if there's three enemies, you flick the controller left or right to pop, and it never worked right. Mm-hmm. In the middle of a battle, you would aim at the wrong person. It just, it it, it just fell apart. But I've I, like it's it's been a a favorite of mine since day one. My answer would be okay. I got to go on Mega Man X Command Mission. It is a oh wow yeah. It is an RPG set in the Mega Man universe. You you play as X. But it's got, like, an upgrade system. It's got, it, it, in fact, it's like a speed tactical combat system. So, like, your turns are based off your speed. And so if you, like, for example, have a high speed, you'll go twice before your enemy uh, that you're fighting goes. Um, really great soundtrack. Um, cool graphics that are, they're, they're kind of, like, cell shaded in a sense. I wouldn't really define them as that. And so I think they could age very well. I don't know how I'd really describe it. it it's really, really weird. Um Maybe it is a form of cell shading. But anyway, um, I, I like how the combat was interactive. So, for example, with X, um, you have like a square move, a triangle move, a circle move, and then the actual X button would be your attack. Uh, so, for example, you'd have, in the start of the game, you'd have micro-missiles, which you press square, circle, so you'd shoot off two micro-missiles, and then you use most of your, your bar, and then you'd use X as the final attack, and then it would move on to the next person. So. Oh. It had, okay, like, a gotcha. flow to it. You could stop and take your time and think about your next attack. Um, they had, a, uh, I think, a mode called... It was different for every character, but we'll stick with X. He had a mode called X Mode where he'd transform into this fucking crazy robot-looking thing. And he'd have, like, a like a triangle on the end that he'd, like, stab into enemies and, like, just shock them to death for insane damage. Uh, really fun RPG. Um, that was an experiment with the Mega Man franchise that... I'm surprised it didn't get a lot of attention. I'm surprised it never got a re-release either, but it's possible given how Capcom's just bringing everything back. That's a, that's a game I'd like to see remade, though. Great game. I currently own it on my PS2. What year is that? You know, I can't give an accurate answer because I didn't own it for a while. My friend owned it, and I'd always go to his house and play it with him, and we did, like, a whole adventure together. Um, I... I never had it for myself until actually just a handful of years ago. I mm. bought it and said, like, I want to own this game. It was like a year and a half ago. Are you looking it up? No. I'm trying to find the name of a title. 
that I just talked about that I wanted to remake. And I, I emailed myself because I want to actually do a video on this game. Oh my God. See, this is the thing that sucks with me is I'm always staying up late at night emailing myself because I'll email myself notes because mm-hmm. I hate my cell phone. So like I'll be late at night reading news and then be like, oh, I want to do this video. And all. Mm-hmm. the problem is, is it's 3 a.m. So I'm tired. So my texts make no sense. And I must have had my fingers on the wrong button because no lie, this thing is spelled Avara, A-V-A-R-A. And I say, wish this game had a remake, but I have no clue what the fuck Avara. I'm talking about. Avatar? Yeah. I, I'm... Oh, I wonder if I was talking. No, 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 no. Because I didn't like that Avatar game. I don't know. That's the that's the problem. And it came up. It's funny because late at night, you know how it is. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get your best ideas. Yeah, in the yeah, weirdest I've fucking places. So many times, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. And I actually will, uh, and I'll just be like, email myself, and I'll put a stupid title in, like, like this, like, uh, "Would Love Remake," blah, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I fucked it up. But I just emailed myself a couple days on that. Is there um, uh, any any idea if you'd want a f- uh, Fusion Frenzy remake or not Fusion Frenzy, the other one that you always talk about, that Xbox game? Oh my fucking lord. I, uh, what's oh it called? I keep, I keep calling it the wrong. Oh my yes, god! Yes, thank you. That would work so well. So wouldn't nowadays. that? Yeah, because Arena League's popular. Oh, so you could do something shit. like that. Shit! I thought that was going to be your answer. I keep calling it Fusion Frenzy, which is the other one. Yeah, Fusion Frenzy's out. great, but boy, yeah, it's great. I'd say, I'd say Death Row. Oh my god, that game was so good. I, that's that's a game. I think that might be the, outside of Oddworld Lunches Odyssey. That might be the longest time I've owned a fucking game. I've had my same copy oh, really? of Death Row my whole life. <laughs> that game is so good. Oh my god! All right. Empty and Made asks us: Do you think we are heading towards a future where essentially all games will be sold through subscription services, i.e., Game Pass, but like a different one for different developers and consoles? I think when you start to see game prices eventually go up, you're going to see more subscription services up with that to sort of cut the cost down. Do I want to spend seventy dollars, eighty dollars now? Or do I want to spend $5 a month over the course of the year um, that will eventually amount to $70? Yeah, you know, something right. like that. Yeah, you know, so eventually, essentially you'll look at it and think you're getting a good return on investment because you're like, oh man, you know, now I'm saving 10 bucks instead of spending 80 right off the bat. That's a great deal. Um, but they're getting five of your dollars across millions of gamers every single month. So. I think that's going to be eventually it. It's going to be a trade-off. And it's going to be good to have purchasing options, but it's going to suck. But yeah, I, I think you're going to see more Game game Pass stuff. But I think Game Pass will still be the cream of the crop because, I mean, fuck, man. There, there are games that come out this year. DMC5, Metro Exodus, yeah. and they and six months later, that seems to be the timeline. After six months, they're on Game Pass. That's Dude, Borderlands is going to be on there. Yeah. Like it's it's like, it's mind blowing because people will just try smaller stuff. And I got to tell you, I've seen developers really worried about subscriptions. There was a big news article actually. A indie developer was like, "This is very scary." And I agree. It was Apple. It was the Apple Game Store. He was bothered uh, by. The Apple I guess there's some. Yeah, there's some very big bothersome issues with like um, making a game just so people play longer. Luckily, with our current subscriptions, EA, Sony, Microsoft, they don't that's not what a developer gets paid on is like a, a, the amount of time a person plays at least that we know of right now it's never come up um but if that type of thing occurs then we're fucked because then game developers will make games just for 
you to be sitting there in some loop so that they can get paid five cents every minute you're online, mm-hmm. you know, which I think that's scary as hell. But yeah, oh, we're going to see more. There's one I just signed up for, uh, and I was laughing at uh, the subscription. It was, um, so EA's got theirs. It's uh, Microsoft, Sony. It was um, Ubisoft's got theirs. Oh, my God, there's a small company that I, I couldn't believe they are doing a subscription service. Shoot. Mm. I, but did you get it? Did you get any? Because I just got an email. under my radar. No. Last week, um, and it wasn't even my work email. It was like my personal. And it was like, hey, do you want to sign up? Oh, shoot. I'll just say this. I'm sure somebody's going to know who I'm talking about. But it wasn't a big company. It was somebody that I uh, was questioning how big their library even was mm-hmm. to do a subscription. That's another thing, Maddie when it gets a small library. Like when, let's say, somebody says, we're going to do a subscription, but they've only got like four games. And then you're all, hmm. Yeah. You know, where's the, like, is it worth it or not? Yeah. Got a few more questions before we wrap up. And Jemima asks, and Adam seconds it, is playing the first Surge worth my time, which is limited if I'm interested in the Surge 2? My answer is no. No. Yeah. You should just play the second one. Second one's way better. Uh, Dude, second one. Fuck. What's your favorite weapon? I have been using... Uh, I used the wrong name for it. I was talking to Fighting Cowboy about it, who, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is likely guesting next week. Um, Night Scythe? Quick Scythe? It's like a... a sta- it's it's title is a staff. Um, let me is go it to... the one with the blue, ed- the blue tip? Yes. The big triangle? Yes. That's my favorite. Holy crap, man. Some of the animations for combat, I was shocked. I was like, this is yep. this is really clean. Yeah, it looks good. Um I'm I'm liking that game a lot, man. That that has been a really tremendous surprise. You know, uh it's it's been one of those years where there have been good games, not or actually there have been some great games, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, but but very few surprises and, and that is one that has caught me off guard enough where it took me off of Greedfall a lot. Now I've sort of teetered back. I'm trying to finish up Greedfall completely so I can move on a little bit. I think I'll save a second playthrough of Greedfall for later on because uh, what happened was I just went all over the place and, and the Surge put a monkey wrench in my plans. Really, it did. That's how good it is. Uh, the good type of monkey wrench. I'm liking it a lot. But yeah, Aunt Jemima, if you are interested in the Surge 2, uh, just pick it up. Yeah. It doesn't require any knowledge of Surge 1. No. And even the story, the way it's told... Yeah, outside of just like the simple systems, like the rig that you get into, the nanite, which the game does re-explain, by the way. Um, this is just stuff I was instantly familiar with because I played the first game, but that the second game will explain, uh, if not a little bit better. Um, yeah, or just read a wiki. Yeah. They've yeah. got a good wiki, and it's yeah. only like two paragraphs for the story in the first one. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I like that game a lot. Well, uh, I like it because, dude, you and I like the same weapon, but I just asked in a different forum. They said, oh, this is uh, I found my favorite weapon. I said, oh, it must be the staff, the blue one, mm. and or whatever we want to call I can't remember the weapon type. And they said, no, it's like, I can't remember. It was like a two-hander. And then somebody below them was like, oh, you like that? I like this. And, like, almost no one chose yeah. the same favorite weapon. And yeah. that's when I was all, that to me indicates a depth. And especially, you know, when you switch weapon types, it changes every... It's not like a sword. Even Different some of my favorite games, like uh, Neo. I love Neo, but even with the Kira Sagama and the Samurai Sword, if I switched weapons, it wasn't a huge difference in how they attacked. Yeah, maybe some just range. Were. Maybe just range, but man, in Surge, you can go from doing a tremendous amount of damage to one guy or just 
a, 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 you know, hitting everybody to up your battery power to heal yourself with the staff, and yeah. you're just spinning it around your body, and people are ah, oh, and different impact rates for different mm-hmm. weapons. It, yeah, yeah, so. and honestly, that's the funny part is, it wasn't until I was about eight hours in that I realized, oh crap, I can switch weapons. <laughs> like, I, oh, I was using one the weapon the whole time. Yeah, I was using one weapon the whole time. And I was getting through it just fine. You know, it's not like the game was not built for you to just use one weapon. Yeah, right, right. But, holy crap, if I had a weapon that just did heavy damage, I was like, how can you get around with this? Like, enemies are so quick, but then some are slow. And then I realized, oh, you could you could switch mid-combat. Like, oh, man, that game was fantastic. I have every weapon favorited, by the way. I just went in and favored it so that on You're the crazy, digital man. pad, you just press up. And so, depending on the enemy, you could just be like, up, 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 and, you know, switch to, like, you know, that staff if there was multiple guys, or mm-hmm. maybe a spear if there was one. Oh, there's so many, and there's so many cool skins for the weapons. Yeah, the Weapons dripping nanite power. Yeah. yeah. The, the game was very surprising, and, and once you get to Gideon's Rock, it's like a whole new world. You're like, what the, f-? like, holy shit, man. Like, this, yep. this, like, Jurassic World, almost futuristic element. It, it's really cool. Such a great game. I uh, highly recommend it. Um, I'll have more thoughts on that as I progress with it. Um, I know you reviewed it. I did impressions. And presumably next week, Fighting Cowboy is coming on, like I said, because we noted that number one, Fighting Cowboy, kind of like the Souls-like dude. So with Code Vein, um, with Sekiro this year, um, we also have The Surge 2. Blasphemous came out. Um, we thought we'd just have at one point in that show a huge discussion about all those games. And so for me, the search two was the only one that was interesting. I've watched a little bit on blasphemous and I know some viewers and patrons were interested in that, but uh, we'll have a nice big chat about that. Hopefully. All right. Paul asks us, what is the first video game you ever played and how did you get it for me? It was Sonic advance on the game boy SP and was gifted to me by my sister after I busted the bridge of my nose on a bathroom counter. Oh, that's kind of cute. All right, Paul. I like this question. I, I like the questions that include stories. We like to hear from you guys in, in a, a creative and crafty manner. So, Carrick, first game, and how'd you get it? Pong. Pong. And Pong. You old and it was, man. <laughs> yeah, and it was just all on the thing. Like, it was the console was the game. They didn't have cartridges. Oh, man. So, and it was my dad, because my dad knew we liked that kind of stuff. And right. my mom liked the easier, you know tennis or something she could figure out what a ball needed to do like yeah. it, once they got Anyone complicated she's she stepped the fuck out but yeah. up till frogger she'd she stuck around but yeah pong for sure for me first video game was pokemon blue or Link's awakening i was trying to remember which um and i can't say for sure i just remember with pokemon what happened was my brother got a game boy advance or green sorry game boy color and i did not have one we were outside playing in my backyard. I found a purple Game Boy Color. I was so ecstatic to finally have my own. It had Pokemon in it. And I remember sleeping with this thing. Like, I, I cuddled this Game Boy Color, this purple Game Boy Color, uh, the atomic one, only to wake up the next morning and, me, and my mom being like, Matt, you're going to have to give that back. Like, this is someone else's. It turns out it's the neighbor's. So I did give it back, and uh, eventually... I got my own. I, I forgot who gave it to me or if I just inherited my brothers or something like that. But, um, yeah, I have a more accurate memory of, like, a first actual experience with games, which would be uh, Odd World Munch's Odyssey. You know, I got an Xbox uh, for Christmas yeah. for my parents. 
uh, unboxed it. The launch game was Odd World's Munch's Odyssey. We also got NFL Fever 2000. That was a, yeah, was NFL a, Fever was that, that was fun. That was on there. Yeah, that was a good game. And, I uh, like the side NFL game. Yeah, and and I love Odd World's Munch's Odyssey. I still love it to this day. I've replayed that game a fucking shit ton. And did you uh, like Stranger's Wrath? Yeah, I love Stranger's Wrath. That thing was awesome. That the was, ending was crazy. Yeah, I know, crazy. It's it's such an underrated series. Oddworld is. I hope Soulstorm is great. Um, but yeah, that was definitely my first memory and how I got my first actual game. I, I know Link's Awakening or Pokemon Blue was one of my favorites, but uh, yeah, I was just too young to remember that. I wonder if he's talking. Actually, I have an even earlier one. I got one of those. Remember? Oh, you haven't seen these, I don't think. But they used to have games. There were on you would buy the game in a handheld. Oh, like the plug and play almost, I guess. No, it was just it was like the size of this box and it had a little screen like about that big and it had a thumb pad and you would just play and it would be like line drawing graphics. Like it would be like Oh, oh my god. And when I um, it's a sketch It's like a, it's like a digital one. But okay. you'd have like, so you might have a ship that could move left, right, middle, and then things falling down. And when I was in the hospital, um, I was all depressed. My brother bought me a Rubik's Cube. And at the time, I was having issues with my hands due to the illness. And I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't really play this. Um, or I can't like m- motate like this, but I could just sort of hold my hands and play. And that, I, just on me, that was the first video. Like, wow. Because it was video. It was electronic. And that was like the actually the first thing that I remember playing, and it was one of those games you can't beat. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. points. It's like yeah. Tetris, where you're just like, it's never it's stopping yeah. ever. <laughs> That's crazy to start from there and to I, now. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. Yeah, that's wild, man. Because you know, I've played like Pong, for example, but you know, I wasn't like born. No offense, but I wasn't like born through oh, it, no. I guess, so to speak. Um, so that's crazy. That's crazy. That's got to be fascinating to have that perspective, right? Like I've, yeah, I, I look at the sixty four awesome. and go, "Wow, we've come so far." But right, you know, holy dude, shit, dude! I, right? I was at the in sixty four thinking we've come so far. That's okay. how. That's the di- di- the difference. That, it, yeah, I feel because of like the generation I was born in. I see it more in the the consoles themselves. Like we've gone through these fat cartridges that like stick right. out the top to now like a more sleek entertainment center design. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah, or and they're or, or like a switch, a li- just a little yeah. flash card. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy. All right, Adam asks us, "What sounds better to you? More video games in grocery stores, or better, more realistic grocery stores in video games?" <laughs> that is a fucking weird question. More realistic grocery stores in video games. Yakuza already does it. Yakuza when you go into a grocery <laughs> guys, store it I, I hope we like mind. have I hope we have a couple people watching the, the video version because Carrick just went from like elated to just dialed in he was like <laughs> yeah we need more realistic grocery yeah, stores yeah yeah oh dude my answer that's my definitive answer for sure <laughs> I fuck dude I spent two hours in the Yaku- the first Yakuza I played in the store just yeah, walking around I, looking I think, at items going, how the fuck? That looks I amazing. will say, I think realistic grocery stores and games are really impactful because even Shenmue 1, the HD remaster, I spent like yeah. an hour just in the store picking things up, rotating yep. the objects, just like, what? Especially, you know, that was more like, oh my God, this is a Dreamcast game. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I think I think realistic stores and games help a lot. There's just something oh, about, they do. about almost window shopping and, and mm-hmm. venting your desires that way into a game world. It's really nice <laughs> in this innocent way with, like, in-game currency. I like it a lot. So there, Adam. 
realistic in-game stores. Last question goes to Brown Ninja 97 Are there any themes of video games that you feel are overlooked in the current generation that would you that you would like to see more of? Example given are steampunk, noir, etc., etc. Hmm. I feel like nowadays we just because of the independent developer side of things growing so much, we see so much of of everything. You know, I feel like there's a little bit of everything at least. Did he say themes? Themes, yeah, themes. But he also mentioned like art styles. He said steampunk, noir. Hmm. I think I, th- I think we talked about this um, uh, at some point, but I think um, this dragon cancer, which was about a child having cancer. Yeah. I think that themes of terminal illness are not they're covered. Uh, Sasuna's handled mental illness I, I, and did it well, Hellblade. Um, those I would like to see more of. I don't necessarily need to see it in a PC way. Mm-hmm. Like here, look at this. In in, but more of what would a person do if they were in yeah, this position? I, I think those experiences are impactful, which kind of leads to my answer is like that, but also uh, stuff like you know faith, all kinds of faith. By the way, I'm not just saying yeah. like, the story of Jesus, but like you know multiple walks of faith, just to understand each other. Because I think what's beneficial about games is. You have, like, I think Gone Home was one of the first real popular, we'll say, walking simulators where you just walk around and you find right. clues of the story. And it had a really big society. Oh, that was impact. the Rapture? Uh, that was the one where you were in the house and it was about, like, the two girls, I think. And, like, she ended up falling in love with some other woman who was in the army, I think it was. And they had, hmm. like... At one point, you got a little creeped out because there was like this almost demonic summoning circle under the stair set or something along those lines. Okay, um, but that was a that was a really impactful game, and um, yeah, man, I I want to see more of that. I want to see. Oh more, yeah, more, I apologize. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I just want to see more experiences and perspectives delivered through uh, games like that. Taking on, at the, especially at the time, I think was a little bit more challenging. I think people are a lot more un- understanding and open to it now, but uh, back then it certainly wasn't that easy, and I think those types of perspectives are, are necessary. And so I think something like faith could really use that. Uh, even politics, maybe? I don't know. I just think uh, uh, the ability to interact with the thing that you're confused about and understand it, that's sort of at the the core of video games. You know, Sometimes it is just fun, but I think also that, that level of interaction aids them. And if we could tackle tough topics and confusing topics or topics that people get conflicted on, I, I would I would personally think that would be for the benefit of the industry and the world. I mean, for and God's the game, sakes, they're I, used as learning tools, right? So, And the game I was talking about was called The Rapture, which was the Sony game. Okay. Which was about The Rapture. That I don't know why I wasn't remembering the Is name. The, I thought uh, it was gone. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture? Or? It, everybody's Gone to the Rapture, okay. yeah. And that, that was interesting because it was like following. I, and that's what I thought you were describing because that one is where you're following and you're hearing people's mm-hmm. thoughts prior to it happening. And that was a that was a different game. But yeah, those would be very cool. I think the problem is now is that everybody would think you were trying to um, what's Push the term? message almost. Yeah, or try. There's a term for it when normalization. Like, for example, people be like, "How dare you pretend a Nazi would be able to believe what he believed? Nazis have to be demonic bad guys. You can't. You can't ever oh. be sympathetic." And my personal belief is humans have very billions of ways in which they can react to things, and you absolutely should look at what caused somebody to be sympathetic to a weird 
horrible situation mm-hmm. and because uh, then you can stop it or then you like can the at least inform movie. people i know there's been a little bit of controversy right? on that one there has been hasn't there yeah. there was a, I, 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 are you gonna go watch that yeah absolutely in the like day one kind of watch i don't know day one uh mm, okay. maybe gonna try to but um yeah i'd just like to see personally tough more thought-provoking topics because like look at ubisoft's discovery mode you know, that's a perfect example of something they've continuously done in their games because people are using it as learning tools and as thought-provoking yeah. learning thing uh, pieces. And I'd love to see stories do that with, with topics that, you know, you can you can read a book. Once again, we'll stick with the faith example. You can read the Bible and, and learn about the story of Jesus. But, you know, what, what if there was a game that sort right. of walked you through that? I don't know. I just think that would be... That, why not, right? That's that's how I view it. Why not? That'd be interesting. I think that'd be really oh, interesting. Dude, I'd play the hell out of that. Yeah. It, 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 it would be awesome to see something like that in an interactive You know, I'm, I'm sure that's a little daunting of a task, right? Because <laughs> Yeah, you know, can you imagine? Yeah, I, I really can. Um, but I, I just, I, I think it could be very insightful for people. You know? Anyone who's maybe on the fence against it, even totally, totally hates religion. You know, I think that type, like people who love religion are totally into it. I, th- I just think that type of stuff could be very neat, and yeah, uh, that sure. goes for, for all paths of thought outside of faith too. You know, just tough topics. But Carrick, that was our last question, and now we wrap it up. We appreciate all of you who listen to the podcast this deep. We had our most tweets ever. For a show yep. finale, we got a ton of tags, Carrick. So we're going to e-beg once more. We need you guys to participate. We had a lot last week. I mean a lot. Um, so, Carrick, what's our hashtag this week? Hashtag, man. Damn. Hmm. Talked about Surge. Talked about Batman. Port Owls. It's too long, but I really want to say just announce the damn thing <laughs> yeah, as a nah, as a we'll hit on on Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right, let's I'm do that. That's just, awesome. Yeah, yeah ju- just announce the damn thing. So if you got this yes. far, just tell us to announce the damn thing. We'll know what you're doing. We'll give you our thanks over on Twitter. Just shoot us a message there, or you know what we saw was some people actually messaging me on Discord. And on Patreon, which I thought was cool because it lets me know there that you guys got that far. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and do that if that's the best way to do it for you and you don't have a Twitter account. We want to just talk with you and see that you listen that far. And that'll do it for me. Carrick, any closing thoughts? No, uh, yeah, next, if you get a chance, guys, uh, next week uh, we have the Borderlands audio developer. Very nice. Audio designer. And the uh, we have two, the uh, the main head of audio and then the audio designer to come on and talk about making gun sounds. It's gonna, uh, yeah, that's pretty they, much what I'm yeah. going to call it, just like making gun sounds. I like that because I saw some some pictures of uh, of Borderlands 3 set, like audio directors, and they were like outside just like yeah. shooting. That'll be them who's coming. Okay, yeah. cool. I, they, one of them had been following the channel, and I was like, they did an awesome uh, video. If anybody hasn't had a chance, yesterday they released a, a video about making those gun sounds. Nice. And they did some tricks that are mind-blowing, which is why I emailed them. Cool. So, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun next All week. right. Well, be sure to check out Carrick's channel. I'm sure most of you are already familiar, but keep an eye out for that. And we will catch you guys next week with episode 222. Peace out. Peace out. out.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.